So it's getting crazy over in the Netherlands. These uh, farmers are protesting because the government's putting restrictions on farming. In a video going viral, in a story that's going viral, police officers opened fire on one of the farmers as they were protesting. And uh, you, you combine this story. I mean, Boris Johnson resigning is, is partly involved, but the, the, the uh, Georgia Guidestones being knocked over. You look at what's going on around you, and it feels like the liberal economic order or the liberal world order, as these establishment uniparty elites like to call it, it's collapsing. They're failing. I'll tell you one thing right away, so you can understand the, the, the Netherlands story with the farmers. We're being told two things at once. That Ukraine is the breadbasket of Europe, and they can't produce food because of the war, because of the war with Russia. And we're not getting fertilizer because of the war with Russia, so there's gonna be a global famine coming. At the same time, they're going to farmers in the, in the Netherlands saying, stop producing food. Now, how does that make sense? Something does not add up. So this story is actually fairly big. We'll talk about that too. We also have Bill Gates in the news rather consistently over the past several weeks because he's buying up a ton of farmland. Hmm, I have to wonder about that. And then we have, uh, oh man, I hate to say it, but a video of Hunter Biden apparently smoking crack has, has been published. And he's doing other things that I can't say because they're not family friendly and he filmed himself doing it. And all of this is reflecting on on his dad, who's giving him money to fund a lot of the stuff. That's what we're learning now. And for some reason, these never-Trumpers are acting like Ron DeSantis is the bigger threat. It's uh, uh, it's really interesting, isn't it? So we'll talk about all that. Plus, we're going to talk a lot about what's going on at the southern border. Texas is going to be taking a lot of illegal immigrants, sending them back to the border. And in Arizona, well, in Arizona, they want the governor to declare an invasion is occurring. And uh, we have a great guest to talk to us about all of that. But go to TimCast.com. Become a member in the top right. Click sign up. If it, look, if you want to give money to the big, massive streaming services, by all means, you've, you've, you're free to do what you want. But allow me to say we are trying as hard as possible and we are building this company and we are working every single day to compete with and rival these companies. We're a long ways off. But with your support at TimCast.com, we're adding new shows. We're adding uh, new talk shows, new investigative journalists all the time. We've added a couple journalists recently. With your support, we will grow this company. And we're going to have a members-only show for you at 11 p.m. tonight. You don't want to miss it. So don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Without further ado, joining us to talk about everything happening in the news as well as Arizona is gubernatorial candidate... Carrie Lake. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me, Tim. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Uh, I am an Arizonan. I've lived in Arizona since 1994. I, I drove out there as a, a young 20-something um, journalist to cover the great state of Arizona. I covered it for 27 years. And then during COVID, uh, as a number one news anchor and journalist in the state, I decided that I was going to walk away from my career because I no longer felt that I could tell the full truth. And and when I did that, an amazing thing happened. The people of Arizona reached out. I put a video out, of course, and said, hey, I'm leaving. This is why. And they reached out and said, would you please consider running for office? We need somebody we can trust. That's amazing. So I was kind of recruited to run for governor. And, and we threw our hat in the ring last June, a year ago, June. And we've been number one in the polls since then. And now we are officially in election month because we don't have election day in Arizona. So we're in the primary election right now. And uh, mm-hmm. we're doing quite well. In the polls, we've been ahead the entire time, and we are pushing to bring an America First candidate, Trump-endorsed candidate, into the governor's office in Arizona to turn things around and secure our border. I like the gun stuff. And the gun stuff. Fighting yeah. for gun rights. Fighting for like Well, we, we're already a great gun state. I mean, you, if you want your Second Amendment rights intact, come to Arizona. We're even a, ahead of Texas. 
I'm but looking. We're always at risk of losing them when we have maniacs in the White House who are trying to take oh, yeah. them away. I'm looking forward to talking about how the media has been smearing you too, because a lot of people get smeared by the media, but don't have decades of media experience. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, to talk to you about that. So we'll get into all that stuff. Thank you for joining awesome. us. Thanks for being here, for having me. Actually. Yes. Thank and for you being here. for being here. <laughs> we also have Mary Morgan. Happy to be back. You're putting up with me, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Mary. I'm the co-host of Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. We cover more lighthearted stuff on there. Things about celebrities, movies, TV shows, all the drama. And uh, when you super chat, you can shoot money at us. So go yeah, check it out. There's, there's money guns that when the super chats come in, it sprays mm-hmm. money into the Love air. It. Yeah. All right. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Ian Crossland in the house. Good to see you. Carrie, I'm glad you're back. Haven't Could seen you for like a year almost. I, yeah, a little less than a year. You haven't been following our campaign? Oh, I have been. I saw a video of you talking to, I think it was a CNN reporter trying to get an interview. Oh, yeah. yeah that was, was great. It was so funny. I mean, you were just so direct and like... Like, like, yeah, I'll talk to you. Sure, put it on CNN Plus, and then we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. It's nice to see you in your element. Yes, that coming. was fun. Great to see you again. That and the fun. shirt that I, I have, a Carrie Lake shirt, it's the best uh, material, like most comfortable material of all my shirts. I call it day-to-night shirt. You can wear it all day, and then you can sleep in it. Yeah. For, if you don't want to, like, you know, put your pajamas on, you Super sleep in soft the shirt. Co- are you selling those? We do sell those, and... Um, yeah, but I think we can get you one. We can get you a deal on one. Let's oh, talk. Yeah. What color do you need? We've I like the purple one. Well, okay. I have one. Let's, maybe we can diversify. Okay. We'll, we'll talk Ian's after the show. selling Thanks merchandise for Carrie. <laughs> I love it. I'm Go so to our website, by the way. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to do oh, what that. Is the, what is the website? CarrieLake.com. K-A-R-I-L-A-K-E slash shop. I'm so delighted that you're back. I'm excited to hear what's going on in your campaign. I saw a few of your ads and your video with that CNN reporter definitely what put you back on my radar. So I'm yeah, that's funny. It's good to see you again, Lydia. Yeah. Well, let's uh, before we get into all the domestic stuff, let's talk about what's going on with this uh, this global agenda. We have this story. This is a really freaky story from TimCast.com. Dutch government shoots live rounds at farmers protesting mandates. Lawmakers enacted restrictive laws to combat climate change. Dutch police opened fire using live ammunition against farmers protesting the government's mandatory restrictions and closure of some farms to meet climate goals set by the European Union. This is really fascinating. We got tons of tweets here. I'll break this, uh, breaking this down. Shots fired. Police said the tractor drivers attempted to drive into officers and service vehicles. I got to say, if you watch the video, that's not true. It's a tractor that just drives around. Like it, it pulls out so it's going, going down the road and then a cop just Fires at them. The tractors don't go that fast, right? It's like <laughs> it's, it's like, like Austin Powers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you guys remember that the scene with you the steamroller. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the steamroller. Yeah. The guy's like, "No, are you kidding?" <laughs> here's the here's what's really really crazy about this. So, in the context of the Georgia Guidestones being blown up, we um, I can't say too much because we have some journalists investigating this. But uh, let's ju- let me just say that there are some sources involved who say it appears to be a politically motivated attack. Take, obviously, someone went and blew up the Georgia Guidestones, mm-hmm. what they call the monument to globalism. But let me make this point. We have a fertilizer shortage because of the war with Russia and Ukraine. We have Russia and Ukraine reducing their exports of food to neighboring nations, which is supposed to cause a global famine. And at the same time, as we're being warned about all this, at the same time, we're hearing, you know, Germany and other countries panicking over a lack of fuel. European nations are telling their farmers to stop farming? Here's the crazier thing. We're being told we're going to get hit by rising food costs, mm-hmm. a lower crop yield, and potential food shortages in the United States. And we're even hearing from people in the industry, they're chatting us, saying farmers in the U.S. are still being paid not to farm. So what 
is going on with and, all And this? you forgot to mention all the food processing plants that are burning down that the news isn't covering. Well, so, so I mean, they're covering it. It's just not in the mainstream national yeah. cycle. Now, I, I will say to that point, we've, we've questioned whether or not it's abnormal, the amount of fires. And so we got uh, these fact checkers came after us and they were like, Tim Cast published fake news claiming that all these fires were happening. <laughs> and our, we, our article was bad. Don't get me wrong. Like we, we had some errors. That's mm-hmm. true. But we did some digging and it looks like it's slightly above average. The amount of that's fires. normal. I saw well, the list. It went on and on and on. I'm like, wow. And this I really haven't seen much on it. But. So there's there's, you know, what? Tens of thousands of warehouses, tens of thousands of factories. Mm-hmm. Fires happen. You, what we got to be careful of is sometimes like a car crash happens near a building and then people are like, oh, what was this? But here, what, what I can say is even on that story, it does look like there are more – there's more fires than there there have been over the past mm-hmm. few years by a small amount. So take it for what it is. Either way, I'll say this. These fires are a new story because we're being told there's going to be a food shortage. Mm-hmm. More importantly, if these fires are happening and they are normal, isn't that grounds to tell farmers to – Pick up production. Get up, yeah. Pr- start producing. We have we have the same thing because of water issues in Arizona. There's a lot of fields that are fallow, that you're just not putting any. Um, you know, you're not planting, and there's obviously a concern. You know, we talk about water issues in Arizona, but I say if we keep handling water issues with more restrictions, restrictions, we hurt the farming, and then we have a food shortage. And it sounds like. They're setting us up for a food shortage. Amazingly. Why would you tell farmers not to farm? Is it because they don't have transport to get the fa- the food out and they don't want rotten well, that, food? But but that's incumbent upon the farmers to figure out, not the government to come in and, and prevent. Right. right? You know, farmers are so busy that they, they don't mess around. I'm from Iowa, which is an agriculture state originally. And if you've got farmers protesting and spending days and nights doing this, you've, you've really pissed off the wrong people. Well, well so so – we can talk about fallowing fields and all that stuff and government paying farmers not to farm. But in the Netherlands, why are they telling – this is about climate change. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. They're telling these farmers to reduce emissions and things like that because of climate goals. Do they not suspend these things when they're like, hey, a global famine is coming and Europe is going to starve because Ukraine's being invaded by Russia? This makes literally no sense. And then to see that the police open fire on them, it just reeks of the global agenda is collapsing. Mm -hmm. It's a climate change agenda. That's what they're doing. Joe Biden has said he was campaigning. We're going to get off fossil fuels. Now what happens? He's shutting down oil and gas leases. He's banning fracking and and other uh, oil leases on on public lands. And uh, we just found out Joe Biden 
allowed 5 million barrels of our strategic reserves to be exported out of this country to China of all places, not just, but Europe and Asia as well. Mm-hmm. Something doesn't make sense with what they're doing. And you look at, you look at all this stuff and it really does feel like, like it just Joe Biden's crooked as they come. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, that's a fact. <laughs> We've known about this for a while. You look at the laptop, you see everything that's on that laptop and you see evidence of dealings with our enemies, financial dealings, that should have been told, by the way, before the election, but, you know, that we'll save that for another day. Um, he never puts America first. No, he, it's uh, more like Biden family first. Biden family first, his friends in China first, his friends in Ukraine. You know, $58 billion of our taxpayer money has gone to Ukraine. And we have a crisis at the border. I mean, we've got families who are struggling. They can't make ends meet. They can't afford their groceries. They can't afford to put gas in their car. And we're sending our hard-earned money to Ukraine. This is insane. And then, and then you add on top of it, the left pushing these environmental, um, mandates on us to the point of trying to, I don't know, I don't know what the point is actually. Are we trying to save uh, other animals by hurting the human race? I, 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 I kind of feel like, you know, you, you see these posts from Democrats when the Ukraine war kicked off and they were saying things like, Five, you know, four dollars a gallon is the price to pay to see Ukraine be free and things like that. You had Joe Biden say gas prices will remain high as long as it takes for Ukraine to win. I encourage all of the Democrats to run that slogan in November <laughs> and in 2024. So when the voter walks up to the gas pump and they're picking up the gas pump and looking at the five bucks a gallon and then those little TV, pl- those little TVs play mm-hmm. and it'll be like breaking news. Joe Biden says you got to pay for Ukraine. Keep saying it. Keep saying it and see if you win. And, and didn't one of his uh, his advisors say this? The gas prices are going to remain high until we get the liberal world order. Oh yeah, he said it's. A, what, what did he say? Sure, like, yeah. It I was like the liberal economic order. Or liberal something. world order, I think. He yeah, said. he said liberal yeah. world order, and it was basically like we're going to suffer in America because we need to prop up the liberal world order, I mean, which that was is what he was. the decimation of America. Which is the decimation of the middle class, the working class. They've been working at this for a generation now, and it started back in the, I think it started back in the 80s when they started closing up the manufacturing and the political elite sold out our companies to China. It was in 1946 is when it began. They started the liberal economic order in 1946 to prevent World War III. They were like, we need to set up a, a world police. And Eisenhower warned us about it. He's like, yo, this military industrial complex, he called it. But they started right. out, they used American military as the, as the tip of the spear. And then now they're using the American economy with the Federal Reserve. They're making it print a bunch of money to, to prop up all this militant activity to mm-hmm. prevent World War III. It did work. For the time, but I don't think we need it anymore personally. Although maybe we do, because we have things I, like BRICS, which is like, uh, China, Russia, India that have their own kind of economic order. Well, BRICS mm-hmm. just is the, is the, is the acronym for the countries. Brazil, yes. Russia, India, China, South Africa. Yep. So it's really easy to remember. And it's like one or the other. I don't know. If we, if there isn't some sort of global militant stand, standard, <laughs> then maybe. I'm trying to think that Biden is more loyal to BRICS than us. Well, so we, we actually, I have it here from Newsweek. It was Biden advisor Brian Deese saying this is about the future of the liberal world order and we have to stand firm. Here's what's amazing. Ten years ago, if you were to bring up something like that, you were a crackpot. If you said – isn't it so amazing? If you came out and said there are global elites – orchestrating what's happening around the world Mm -hmm. for for their special interests, they called you a crackpot. Now they come out on TV and say it. They just go on CNN and say this is what we're doing. Here's the best part. There was a poll I saw 
And it said something like 53% of Republicans believe that the world is being run by a, 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 a ring of a, a global elite international, let's just say child abusers. Okay. And it was framed as though these people were crackpot, crazy conspiracy theorists like Pizzagate stuff. And it's like, you look at that story, and then a week later, they're like, Ghislaine Maxwell sentenced to 20 years for the elite global trafficking among world leaders, and we don't know where client list is. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, look, you want to argue that that is the, the um, intent behind what they do internationally? I don't know. What we do know is Epstein, Maxwell, well, that happened. Now, we'd like to know who they were dealing with. We know that a bunch of people, global elites, were flying on those planes. But my point ultimately is this. It was a conspiracy theory 15 years ago. Now, we actually just read the news about Maxwell getting convicted, mm-hmm. getting sentenced to 20 years. Now it's all just happening. And, and we see the guy saying uh, liberal world order. Isn't that crazy? I suppose they want us to Alex think Jones that they're vindicated. not smart or organized enough to do any of this with malicious intent. And I think that's what Biden hides behind is that everyone views him as this senile old man. But that's the joke crooked. we made. Well, we made the joke that, you know, Biden goes up on stage and he's like, hey, we got to come on, you know, uh, better calf care. <laughs> and then everyone laughs. Then he walks mm-hmm. off stage. Boom, and then as soon as he's behind the scenes, he goes, all right, where was I? I want you to bomb yeah. those kids. We're invading. Let's go. Send 60 billion to ru- to Ukraine. Ukraine. It's kind of yeah. sick if he is like, OK, with being the laughing stock. It, it's really of- sick to think that his son, Biden, or his son, Hunter, has been like the, I guess the brains behind a lot of these financial, uh, illegal financial dealings that, that vice, well, President Biden has been behind. I, I think he's the proxy. I think Hunter Biden is the tool that Joe uses to skirt the law. Mm-hmm. Why? So look, he flew to China on Air Force Two. He brings Hunter along with him. Hunter mm-hmm. Biden does these private equity deals with China. I think that's all Joe. He so just Joe can't. makes the ar- arrangement and then Hunter kind of signs on the dotted line. I mean, think about it. There's, there's laws. Um, I mean, look at, look at how any rich person tries to uh, evade taxes or give money to family. It's like, you can't do it, right? We got reports that Joe and Hunter were sharing bank accounts. So here's the, here's, I'll give you the simple uh, hypothetical. Joe Biden goes to, uh, Ian as vice president and says, I'm going to build some uh, buildings in your country. It's going to be great. Your economy is going to boom. My son needs a favor though. Totally unrelated. And then the country does a deal or, or special interest mm-hmm. do deals with his son. And he goes, don't look at me. What my son does is his own business. I don't even ask him about it. I don't talk to him about it. Remember he said that? Then we got a photograph of him with Hunter and his business associates. And now we have a voicemail of Joe saying, I read the piece. It looks like you're in the clear. He actually said that. Yeah. I think Joe is doing the deals and he's using his son's name to collect the money. That's why in that email, they were like 10% for the big guy. These people are crooked. Yeah. All I know is it's a messed up family. I don't want to, I don't want to go too deep into the uh, election, but I don't feel he should be in the White House. And, well, he's uh, run this country into the ground. He's run the country into the ground. And that's one of the reasons I'm fighting so hard in Arizona because we're not going to let him take Arizona down with him. Well, let's, and it's going to come to the states, each state to say, no, back off. We'll, we're going to go back to states' rights here and protect our own people. I dig it. Let's get a little bit more into the domestic issues. And uh, I want to say, I'm just, I'm sorry it's coming to this. For people who are watching, you might not want mm. your kids to hear this stuff. This stuff's dark stuff. But this is the president's son, the Daily Mail reports. Naked Hunter Biden filmed himself smoking crack, drinking hard seltzer, <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> you can do it himself. You can, <laughs> just you say can, that. You can, you can read it yourself at home. 
<laughs> yeah. While floating inside a sensory deprivation tank wow. one month after convincing Dad Joe to wire him $20,000 for his detox program. The first family, the son of the president, these videos are coming out because the laptop got released and the stuff we're learning about this family is is dark. It's bad stuff. Mm-hmm. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And my in my personal opinion, I think Joe Biden was abusive towards his kids. Because you don't turn out like Hunter Biden unless you had bad parents doing something. Mm-hmm. Bad family. You, t- you take a look at how Hunter Biden turned out. And then you have to ask yourself about the leadership capabilities of Joe Biden. And then you look at the country and you start to put it together, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, what you guys, what your thoughts are on all this stuff. More, more of this is going to keep coming out. I think it absolutely is indicative of who the Democrats are willing to elect regardless of their moral character and of the leadership capabilities of the man himself. That is the point right there. We knew we knew there were problems. This this is not news to a lot of people. I was following this before the 2020 election. I knew a lot of this before the 2020 election. And the fact that the media kept that, the corporate media bosses kept that from making its way to the people so they could make an educated vote and decision when they when they went to vote. Um, Look at Twitter. But there were a lot of Democrats who probably knew that and, and said they didn't like Trump so they so wanted to get President Trump out that they were willing to vote for someone like that. Here's you know what the reality is? Trump has done bad stuff. You know, he he's 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 said mean things. He called Stormy Daniels horse face. He called didn't he call someone a fat pig or something like that? Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell. Only Rosie O'Donnell. Right. I remember that from the debate. That Only was... Rosie O'Donnell. But here's here's the issue. The overwhelming majority of the bad things they claimed Trump did, they made up. They, 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 they fabricated it. So with, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to get distracted by Donald Trump when we're talking about the Biden family. Yeah. Biden well, family no, no, is its own thing that's pretty horrific when you, when you start to dig it open. Agreed, agreed. My point is just, we had a, we had an election in 2020 and it was between Trump and it was between Biden. And what the Biden voters are going to say is, you expected me to vote for Trump. Yes. He called white supremacists <laughs> very fine people, which he never that actually did. Exactly. And so they believe the lies about Trump. They believe the lies about people like Kyle Rittenhouse. I tweeted that the Kyle Rittenhouse thing was put me up, put me over the edge to vote for Trump because I saw how they're trying to destroy this guy and we needed to push back and stop this. And that was you and Trump pinned it to his profile on Twitter. And that was used by many on the left to accuse me of being wrong or being right wing mm-hmm. or whatever or far right. But I was correct. When in fact you actually had the courage to stand up and say the, the truth about a young man who was being persecuted. And and exactly. they wanted to tear you apart and destroy you. And when that happened to you, you probably went, ooh, I think I know a little bit what it must be like to be President Trump right now. I'm feeling that myself because I'm oh, being yeah. attacked right now. And You're getting 150th of it. Uh, exactly. I talked to President Trump regularly, and I said, I know I, I'm getting the Trump treatment right now. And, you know, he... You said he's done some bad things. I don't think he has. I disagree with you on that. I think he's done some amazing things. His family, I know them. They're incredible people. But the media has been tearing them apart relentlessly since 2015, 2016. And well, some I, people have just bought into that because they still believe the media. And what I want to tell people after working in it for 30 years is turn it off. Do not believe it. They've got an agenda and you just can't believe it. I mean, honestly, I'm getting better information here at Timcast, you're putting out, I'm listening to you before this show, and you're very thoughtful on what you're putting out and making sure things are accurate. We're not all perfect. Sometimes you make a mistake. I'm watching you, and after working 30 years in TV and in journalism, I'm thinking, this is more journalism than what I was seeing in journalism the last at Absolutely. least five, six years. I, I will say, to clarify my, my point on Trump, I think Trump is great. 
I think uh, I can understand why people don't like his character. I've, I've, I, tell, I tell these stories. I've talked to regular people. Say they don't like the way he talks. But I know a lot of people do like the way he talks. And the way I saw it was we needed someone to fight back, especially with the media lying about people like Kyle Rittenhouse. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, no one's perfect. And, we needed and- a, a brash New Yorker to come in. Remember, he beat back 18 other oh, yeah. Republicans, many of them rhinos, establishment swamp creatures. We needed a tough, brash New Yorker who told it like it was. We couldn't get some mealy mouth person to do that. And thank God he came in at that point. But there are things that Trump uh, – uh, here's what I want to say. What Joe Biden is, I view him as corrupt. I view Trump as having done bad things as either mistakes or making bad decisions. People are allowed to make mistakes. People are allowed to make bad decisions. You criticize them for it and say, do better. Mm-hmm. There's things about Donald Trump that I personally don't like. But for the most part, I think he's, he's, I think he's a good guy. I think he was a, actually a really great president. Um, I don't like uh, some of his foreign policy decisions, but I overwhelmingly like his foreign policy. Mm-hmm. So uh, commando raid potentially killed a little girl, an American citizen. That's what we've heard. I would like to see an inquiry into that. Getting our troops out of the Middle East was the first president in my lifetime who not only did not start a war, but was actually ending wars. So for that, here, here's what I here's what I want to be careful of. If you come out and you're just like Trump is the best, he's so good, mm-hmm. then people are people who have questions about things he's done, they they, they shut they, yeah. they close down. But I also don't want to play this game where it's like, oh, Trump was so awful. When the reality is, oh yeah, it wasn't perfect. He did some things that I think were questionable, wrong, or just bad. But Joe Biden is a hundredfold, yeah, hundredfold. I think yeah, what you're saying is you're trying to say, hey, you know, Trump wasn't perfect. We're all humans, but Joe Biden is not just imperfect. He is corrupt, malicious. He's malicious. And you look at his family. We know Trump's got attacked, and his children got attacked. Joe Biden raised this family, and if you look at his daughter's diary, I mean, this is crossing the line in a serious oh, way where police should have been involved, possibly even arrests involved. That's Joe stuff, Biden. There's such insidious stuff in that family. Yeah. And it's not just the reasons that people dislike either of them, but there's such an organic appeal to Trump, whereas the support for Biden is all reluctant support mm-hmm. because they hated Trump. I don't see anybody enthusiastic about Biden. No. Never. And I but, didn't see is, it before 2020 either. so brazenly just screwing the American people. Yeah, it's almost like their hatred for President Trump is so overwhelming and eating them up that they're willing to sacrifice our country, our constitution, mm-hmm. our freedoms to I, go, I, okay, we got him out. I don't know if it's actually that they hate Trump. I don't know if they're smart enough to actually hate the man. So I think it may have been Austin Peterson, Lydia, correct me if I'm wrong, who was talking about a friend of theirs. But we had, we had a guest on saying uh, their friend believed, they were like a liberal Democrat, that Trump called white nationalists very fine people. And so he said, just here, read the transcript. And the person started reading it and then like paused and then scrolled back and started reading it again and then just froze, got up and left the room, unable to process the fact that that Donald Trump never said white nationals were very fine mm-hmm. people. I don't remember who that was. Yeah, it was Austin Peterson. Yeah. It was Austin Peterson. Yeah. Talk- yeah. I remember that, and it was a huge yeah. story. And I, I remember hearing his entire remarks and going, I don't remember him saying that. Then the media would perpetuate it over and over. Yep. And I even went Joe back a couple of times and listened to what President Trump said. To, to, Am I hearing something wrong? Because everyone's saying he said this, and I remember hearing that. Looking back at it a couple times just to make sure I didn't mishear it. So I don't I don't think they hate Trump. I mean they do hate him, but what I mean to say is it's not real. 
because they don't know. Mm-hmm. They didn't investigate. They didn't bother to. I think what actually motivates these people is fitting in. So you walk around New York and everyone just says, oh, yeah, I hate Trump, too. And so they go, OK, that's their identity. Fitting in socially is more important right. than, than in being uh, inquisitive and finding out the truth. For me, I do you think people living in more conservative areas do the same thing? I've, uh, I, well, I can bit. tell you because I live in a red state. <laughs> I think we're a little bit uh, we're a lot more um, who cares what they think about us. We want mm-hmm. the truth. Yep. Now, not to say we don't have people in, in Arizona who are. Like you just described, they're more, the peer pressure gets to them. That's why when I see, to be honest, a young conservative, and we have a lot of them involved in our campaign, and they'll say, oh my gosh, I'm so inspired by you. And I think, oh, I'm a middle-aged woman. Of course I'm going to be bossy and, and tell it like it is. This is what middle-aged yeah. women do, right? <laughs> but I say, no, I'm, I'm inspired by you. When there's a young person, 18, 20 years old, 22, who's pushing back against that peer pressure. Is that what you still call it? Peer pressure? Is that a, an outdated word? They're pushing know. back like against it. their social pressure, social media, and speaking the truth. Um, that is actually very courageous. Well, let's let's talk about the uh, founding fathers because before the show, we had some interesting uh, data points. Lydia, do you still have that data about the yeah. founding fathers? Yeah. Do you want to read it? Sure. Well, we pulled it up and it looks like the founding fathers were, I want to say James Monroe was 18 years old. 18. Mm-hmm. This is 18. These, are, these are the yeah, signers of the Declaration? Declaration of Independence. 18. 18 years old. Yep. Two of them were 20 years old. The oldest one mentioned here was, no, Thomas Jefferson was 33 Wow. And we have 20, 20, and 25. Who so were the 20? Madison was 25? I believe so, yeah. I saw the, the responses to that. It's a tweet, right? Listing no, those it's ages. a story. I saw a tweet that was listing those ages, and the responses were like, well, it's because the life expectancy back then was like 45. So <laughs> an 18-year-old was the same as a that's, 35-year-old. That's not true. That's like, not true. Yeah. That, if, yeah. uh, the reason the average life expectancy was so low was because of infant mortality. But yeah, exactly. if you survived infancy, you were expected to live to exactly. be 70 or 80 years old. Yeah, and we were talking, I think it was Ian and I were saying, and I would take a 9 or 10-year-old from that era because they were so competent. They could farm. They could hunt. They could do anything. They were so resourceful. I would trade them probably for you know the average person in America today who is not able to, to have those survival skills that they had Somebody back then. stoned on aspartame. We're not we're not practically skilled or emotionally sophisticated, like developed either. Well, you talked about what's happening with the farmers and maybe there could be a food shortage at some point. Back then, they wouldn't worry about that because they were growing their own food. You know, regarding this climate change fear that they're telling farmers not to grow fruit, food, I find this sad because there's a lot of evidence that we can withdraw the carbon from the atmosphere. I don't know if you've been following or even know farming. What's that? With more farming. With more farming. I don't know. Plants absorb carbon. That's one way to do it. But you can actually deposit the carbon dioxide onto like palladium or other metals and then withdraw the graph, the carbon from it and get graphene, just oh, a building material. <laughs> but they don't know. It's like the, the politicians either don't know. I, I assume they don't know. It's ignorance. Because if they knew, there would be a, another discussion like it's the most valuable resource on earth, this carbon. And if we could just get it back, mm-hmm. you can get it right out of the smokestack too. Well, so uh, – do you, uh, do, Ian, do you know where the mass of a tree comes from? Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. 
Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. The roots. No. Are you being serious? I don't know. Do you guys know where a, a tree grows? Right? There's mass accumulating. Where does that matter come from? Oh, CO2. That's right. Because right? it's in the air. It, it sucks out kind of the, what we consider pollution. Exactly. What we consider pollution is its life. It, the building blocks needed. of a tree come from the air. It picks the carbon. It builds. It's like from how the air. ours mm-hmm. comes from the food that we eat. That's their food is the carbon dioxide. Well, it's also water. Well, and, and they emit the oxygen as well, they make, right? They, they, we kind of are. They, they, they take the carbon dioxide and rip the carbon off and spit the oxygen mm-hmm. back out. So when you have farmers being told not to farm, it's like, uh, those crops actually absorb carbon from the mm-hmm. atmosphere. Why would you, why would you not want that? Now I can understand concerns about nitrogen is what they're, they're saying, not necessarily talking about carbon, but we want more plants to be growing. So why wouldn't you just be like, Hey, plant a bunch of trees, like, you know, allocate a certain amount of time, plant trees in these places. Anyway, look, I'm not going to pretend to be an environmental expert because I'm, I'm sure whatever I said made no sense. Some scientists are probably like, Tim, you're wrong for these sure, reasons. Sure, but like government but, but don't you think that don't that really know mean anything wrong. either. Exactly. They're, they're in the same position. It. Yeah. What were you saying, Carrie? Well, I think we all want uh, a healthy environment. We want to have clean air, clean water. But it's gotten to the point where it's being pushed so much that it's destroying our economy, pushing companies out. Oh, you're going to pollute too much, too much CO2. And the company finally says, you know, we'll just move it to China or India. Yep. And and then they take all those jobs away. They destroy all those families. They, they destroy a local economy. And, you know, talk about an animal in, in peril, the human being. And But yet the environmentalists are okay with that that company setting up a manufacturing or factory in another country and polluting there. There's actually a, China uh, and in India are terrible about pollution. Right. And they so, so are you, do you care about the world, the globe, or don't you? There, and I, 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 uh, I want to pull the story up. I have to do it. This, this story infuriated me to, to, to no end. Yeah. From me, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but <laughs> this, this is, no, this was great. This is important. This is nearby, yeah. Mediaite says Beltway climate protest backfires as video of parolee pleading he needs to get to work goes viral. These people oh are climate gosh. change activists who blocked a highway in Maryland. A man gets out of his car and says, hey, I got to get to work. I'm on parole. If oh I don't gosh. get to work, I will be put back in prison. They don't say a word. They ignore him. They don't care. He says, please give me one lane. Let me go to work. They ignore him. He starts yelling at him, take, ripping their signs. The police come in and arrest him. Yep. Here's the, here's, here's I the worst I saw the of video of them pulling these guys off. I thought it was great. I'm like, pull each and every one of them off and move the traffic. He got arrested? He yep. got arrested. And then this guy, Guido uh, Reichstadter, who huh. was there, launched a fundraiser trying to raise $100,000, saying, help this man out. He doesn't know who the guy is. He doesn't know the guy's name. He is trying to raise a hundred grand off the back of a man whose life he destroyed. These people, hmm. this is the trolley problem. They would pull the lever to kill you in a moment if they thought they were doing good. Now, here's the reality of it. The trolley problem presents you. You guys are familiar with it, right? Yep. Yeah. We all love the trolley problem. There's five people on the tracks. The train's going to come and hit them. If you pull the lever, you kill someone who is not in danger. 
but it's one person versus the five. You see, that is a very simple way of explaining these problems. You can see five people in danger. You can see one person not in danger. Would you pull the lever? The reality is these psychopathic narcissists who would destroy your life for their righteousness cannot see anything. You're right. So here's the better trolley problem. A train is coming. The track is completely clear. Someone runs up to you and says, hey, if that train keeps going, eventually someone will die. Now, if you pull that lever and divert it, you'll kill that person. What do you say? That's what they're doing. Hmm. They know they're destroying lives. They know they ruined this guy's life. They're trying to make money off of it. A hundred grand. He doesn't know who this guy is. He's not gonna be able to give him any money. And they don't know that climate change is actually going to cause the problems they think it's going to cause. No one is no one is smart enough to predict exactly how it will play out. Well, and their solutions to climate change are going to cause even more drastic and, and horrible problems for the world, I believe. So they don't oh, yeah. really care about people at all. And they don't care in, in, in the same way that these Biden, I guess, voters who just hated Trump don't care about outcomes for, for people. Exactly. And then... The fact that this man launched a GoFundMe seeking a hundred grand is the perfect example of who these people are. They don't care. They hate Trump, and they will try to make money off you. Mm-hmm. That's so brutal. So, great. I, I didn't know that that had gone on. That the man was on parole. He was going to a job he had to show up at, or yep. he was going to get thrown back behind bars if he didn't show up to work on time. He get thrown. He get thrown in jail. And he didn't drag. Reason. I saw the video of him like grabbing a sign. But do they just not get out of their cars and just pull the people off the yeah. street because it's a, a type of assault? The, or I something? saw a woman there too, and I was actually going, "Bravo! Get these people off the road and oh, allow yeah. people to get moving." Yeah, they I, may I, they may not have to work, or they may want to sit home, and they may want to cause trouble. But people have lives to live. They have children to feed. They have mouths to feed at home. You know what this is? First. I, I, I respect nonviolent civil disobedience. They want to come and they want to block the highway. Bravo. Do your thing. You got your attention. Attention. Congratulations. The police should then come in and arrest them within a matter of minutes. Clear the road. You've made your point. You got arrested. You caused a, you caused a traffic jam. But everybody carries on and it's a minor inconvenience. The police were not doing anything. Well, the cops were letting them There's not a there. lot. Of the, also, they defunded the police. The same mm-hmm. people wanted to defund the police. I didn't mind that somebody pulled them off the road. They didn't do it in a violent way. It's like, dude, this is a road for traveling on. Mm-hmm. Take your protest. We get we get the idea. Move it along. Right. I didn't think pulling these guys off the road was an act of violence when you've they got didn't. thousands of cars backed up. And the cops just let them sit there. So I'll, I'll tell you something. Let's, let's ramp up the fear. So you see how they treat this one man. They destroy his life. They try to make money off it. Greta Thunberg famously said, we want to end fossil fuels now, paraphrasing. We don't want to wait till 2030. We don't want to wait till 2023. We want to end it now. Do you know what would happen if we shut off fossil fuels like that right now? I think the estimate is 60 million people die overnight. Die overnight. Yep. I would think that the everything would collapse. Without uh, fossil fuels, we don't have electricity. We don't have plastics. Plastics are built from oil, man. That's right. But the immediate the immediate reaction is, without oil, if, if, if we just stopped all use of oil right now, first, diabetics, they're, they're, they're done because insulin mm-hmm. is kept refrigerated. If they can't get power, if they don't have some kind of alternate way of, of, of you know, backup power, they die. Many people are reliant on heat from fossil fuels. In cold climates, older people, they die. When you get these activists like Greta Thunberg 
who outright ignore countries like China or India and just rag on Europe and the United mm-hmm. States, mm-hmm. say they want to end it today. You might think, oh, she's just ignorant. If only she knew that what she was proposing would kill millions of people, she would not advocate for it. No. No, she would. And they do know, and they do it anyway. And well, this they've is made her a celebrity. And, I mean, they, they put uh, at the top of the ticket for their environmental, you know, ideas. At the time, I think she was, what, 16 or 14? Yeah. That was their spokesperson. Well, you know what? I, I strongly encourage mm-hmm. all of these young people to be like Greta Thunberg. <laughs> Drop out of school. <laughs> hey, I've, I've met some smart people who aren't in school. What I'm on the campaign trail. A lot of the smartest people I meet, the greatest kids I meet, are the ones that are homeschooled. That's why. And you can like spot them from a mile away. I'm not sure that Greta would be on my list of smartest people, but <laughs> she I don't know her, so I don't want to. I don't want I, to. Like, what would Greta even say to those points you were making? I don't think she would know what to make of them because she's so dumb, hyper fixated on this issue. Like, it's a like she does have autism, and I, it is her special interest. But it's she, being made into her career path. She was like, these people have a fantasy of unlimited economic growth, and it's, or I think she called it a fantasy. And it's like, yes, because what we've discovered is that while you can't keep building buildings or producing widgets, you can make digital property and crypto and things like that. So we can have endless economic growth when you have a virtual uh, you have a virtual world where you have virtual goods that are just data mm-hmm. in a machine. So you can actually uh, there there are people who used to have jobs making Warcraft gold, just playing a video game and then giving the gold to someone else for money. Mm-hmm. You can produce things and have economic growth that doesn't impact the f- physical reality. Granted, playing the video game does have an impact with electric, uh, uh, electricity consumption and things like that. She clearly just doesn't know what she's talking about. You can have unlimited economic growth. It's actually the nature of our species and reality is unlimited economic stuff. But it's the rate of economic expansion that da- can become dangerous. You don't want it to grow too fast. To, or, or maybe you, you do because, uh, you know, as the story goes, back in the turn of the century, 1900s, there were these reports in all these big newspapers that we were going to have a manure crisis in New York City, that there was going to be horse manure piling up in the streets. It would be so much you wouldn't be able to get around anymore. Nobody would live there. And then the car got invented. Yeah. Same thing with carbon in the air right now. Uh, what imagine if they would went back and killed all the horses because they were like, no, no more horse manure. We need to stop horses now. It would have been tragic. The same thing with trying to stop carbon producing <laughs> machines. Hey, well, you, you laugh, but AOC put out a, a Green New Deal thing that said farting cows. Remember that? Yep. Yep. Farting, farting we, cows. We've got to. They had more common sense well, back then though. They didn't have this lunacy back then. I think if we can get, I like Alex, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because I feel like she's at least real, a real person. Whether or not oh, she's misguided what? or not, no. she's at least like a real no. normal person. But like, Wrong. if you talk to her about carbon <laughs> recapture tech and you lay out the graphene production in the industry that we could create, I think you could bridge a gap between climate activists and national industrialists. We could make the United States the greatest industry on earth just making the cheapest graphene to make, you know, 21st century industry. Mm-hmm. Right. And clean up the air. And it's live not in synergy with the trees. about preserving the planet or cleaning up the air. I think Greta's cause is really just to lower the standard quality of life in the West and reserve, you know, things like meat and air conditioning and flying on planes for an elite class. Look, look, look what she did when she was like, I'm going to go to the, the UN and take a boat instead of flying. And then she went on this really expensive fiberglass ship with a crew that kept her safe. And it was like, I, I, I forgot how much it cost to do this journey. But mm-hmm. it was a huge stunt 
that consumed way more carbon mm-hmm. than actually just flying. It's all on a about plane. resource hoarding. Yep, it's a scarcity mindset. I do believe mm-hmm. she she's been used by her surroundings. Like yes. her parents, I think, kind of pushed her in that oh, direction, totally. and then because they're entertainers. Handlers. But but I got I got to push back. AOC is not a real person. Relative she, to most people in Congress, that's what I mean. I, I think she's, I think she's good she goes at on communicating Instagram live to people, and, like and, and people think pasta. they have a friendship with her because she's in her kitchen yeah, and she's having like, wine and making dinner, and they go, "Oh, she's my friend," and that's where she's been able to connect with people and mm-hmm. and young people. And this is where we're, and I do believe we're seeing a, a, a huge movement of young people getting into politics because they realize the last few years that politics affects their lives. It affects their lives. It affects their uh, ability to interact with the masks on their face and all of the shutdowns and the forced vaccines and all that. I know I can't say that. I'm sorry. But, um, you know, she got was able to get young people involved in politics. I think she are, is leading them astray. But what we're seeing now is a huge movement of young people, and I think they're becoming conservative because they're looking at who tortured them the last three years, which party was torturing them? Who was behind some of this? And we're seeing it in our campaign. We're seeing a lot of young people coming in and getting involved. I think they're going to vote in droves, actually. Well, Mary, you're a young person. What do you think? Well, the left has obviously outdone the right by miles in having their finger on the pulse of culture. And the right is only just now catching up. Um, and it really hits home what you said about like the masks because that's i think when it touched a lot of people's personal lives for the first time that's like it is literally right in your face muzzling you yeah hand over your mouth and they were told and, by by social media and the mm-hmm. and the entertainment world this is good you're doing a good thing but in their brain they're thinking okay all of the people in my social world the celebrities mm-hmm. who i like are telling me this is good and we need to do this but deep down in their heart they went this sucks yeah well, young people are hungry for more but do do you think the the gen z is going to so i, I want i want to make sure i i clarify republicans have more kids than than democrats liberals conservatives have more kids than than liberals do mm-hmm. and so there's more gen z conservatives by a tiny bit according to pew but mm-hmm. in general, among like normie Gen Z, do you think they're like leaning more anti-establishment, anti-woke, not necessarily right wing? Uh, or do you think they're left? Can you ask it? Are they leaning more Biden? Because Biden's... That's the, right, yeah. Because I think they're seeing him as very uncool. I don't know. Am I right uh, or wrong? It depends. Like who who does Gen Z want to make the butt of their jokes? That's like really what you have to watch because humor is all they have. I don't think they're leaning any direction they're kind of just hopeless and uh hopeless yeah yeah i mean their sense of humor is like this post 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 ironic yeah it it's so nihilistic Mm. uh i think they're like alienated from well they should vote for politics They should. It's very, it's very late 1920s. It feels like Weimar Germany, where they needed a villain. They needed a butt for their joke, and Hitler pointed them at the Jews, and then they had their villain. I mean, like we need to be careful. That and we it's do not that. just not really that, the but they thing. they hate themselves too. Like I feel so sad when I see uh, people a little bit younger than me out in public because they just look so uncomfortable in themselves. And I think the pandemic really exacerbated that um, because they were socially isolated. They got a terrible education mm-hmm. over a screen for years. Um, thankfully, I was spared from that. But um, It's going to be really weird 
because there's this 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 COVID period. It's going to have a profound impact on people, even though it's only a couple of years. So you've got millennials and older who lived a life outside of the lockdowns until the lockdowns happened. So they were adults. But then you've got Gen Z and Gen Alpha mm-hmm. who developmental years were happening in this mm-hmm. lockdown period, which is going to like yeah. scramble their brain. This all- is really, this is where, oh my gosh, I, as a mom, I'm just very sad about what happened, what we did to our kids. And just listening to you talk about you see even that- their sense of humor, it, it, we tortured our children. And yeah. it's not the moms who did it, We, but a lot of moms and dads felt like they were being forced to abuse their children every day having to put a mask on their four-year-old and send them off. Or the parents who were on planes and they were like, put the mask on your one-year-old and they were like, they or keep taking it off. off. And yeah. they were like, don't care. Get off then. Yeah. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it's a one And it's forcing dude. these parents who love more than anything this child to do something they know is wrong. And it is sick as hell. And mm-hmm. we will never, ever forget that. What, do, what are your thoughts on homeschooling? I love it. I mean, I'm out in the campaign trail, and I can spot a homeschool kid from a mile away. They come up. They talk to you. They look in the eye. I'll say, are, are you homeschooled perchance? And they're like, yeah, I am. been homeschooled. And then the mom will say, you know, homeschooling them for three years, started with COVID. And um, really bright kids, really is, bright kids. Isn't it crazy that uh, the institutionalized learning facilities funded by our taxpayer dollars are stunting children and inhibiting them? And that you can see it in a homeschooled kid that they're better adjusted, more mature. You know the the uh, school, what do they call it? The teachers union. They're having their national, um, you know, meeting right now. And can you believe they're trying to push for masks again? Wow, this is sick. It's absolutely sick. In the public schools. Yeah, that's one of their agenda it's items. It's like, are you serious? Are you really? Do you, do you want nobody going to your school? We just passed uh, the biggest school choice bill into law. Uh, in this last session, in the last couple weeks, that the money follows the student. Arizona is the leader in this now. So if you've got, uh, Ian has a son or daughter, and you don't like what they're teaching in the school up the road, you say, you know what, we're taking the money, our tax money, we're going to this school. And it's huge. So this is the, this is the craziest thing. I'm, I'm a huge fan of school choice. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, we, we saw the Supreme Court ruling up in Maine, for instance, where they said, in certain areas of Maine, they don't have public schools. So the taxpayer is given, essentially, a voucher to choose where they want to go. Maine was like, okay, but you can't go to religious institutions. Supreme Court said you can't do that. That's that's meddling. That's you know we got. But we got you could separation. send them to an international school, <laughs> right? So now we're so we see that the left freaks out. We see uh, in Florida. I think Florida just did a school choice thing, or or they're moving towards it. And they, I'm wondering how are the Democrats going to try and spin school choice as a bad thing? And what they're saying is, Republicans are going to enact school choice. Then, once parents start leaving public schools, they're going to say, oh, look, nobody needs public schools, and they're going to shut them all down so that kids are dumb. It's it's the weirdest non-argument. The reality is there's no argument against school choice. It makes no sense. There's yeah, public schools. I agree. Parents get a choice in which public school they go to. If you poll people on this, it's overwhelming. Democrat, independent, and Republicans want it. So you go, well, how come it's taken this long to get it? Because the Democrats are getting money from the, the teachers union. A lot of money is at stake here. Um, th- this money does not belong to the public schools. The, the money we pour in for education belongs to the students. It's for the students. And for a long time, they've convinced people it belongs to the public schools. No. That money, we are taxed and that money goes is set aside to educate our students. It doesn't mean it goes to the public school. There's nothing that says it goes to the public school. If... Republicans and conservatives win on the school front, they win, period, it's over. 
Liberals are not having kids. Conservatives are even having less kids, but they have way more. So the only way in the next 10 to 20 years the conservatives lose is if they don't inspire young people. Mm-hmm. So p- p- people really need to think about this too, because so many people don't. 10 years ago, we've got Barack Obama's second term, right? And you, you were how old? You were like 11? Yeah. <laughs> not even voting. You're just and, trying to make me feel old over here with her. Oh, well, we're, we're old too. <laughs> but my, my point is, you got to understand 10 years goes in the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't believe Occupy Wall Street was, was 11 years ago. It's 11 years. That's, that's crazy. And the, the political issues that we were dealing with, that we were concerned about, Gen Z has no idea what any of that is. So you don't know anything about Occupy Wall Street, I'd imagine, right? I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I mean, like, you were a little kid. You probably weren't paying attention. Yeah. I mean, after the fact, I, I've heard about it, sure. Right. But at the so, time, no idea. So this is something that's come up on the show. And we had, um, I think it was Vosh, socialist. We've had him on the show. Hunter Avalon. Too young. Hunter Avalon? Yeah. Well, it was Vosh as well. Oh, was it really? I think they're both of them. Ages. They, yeah, they're similar ages. And because they're in their 20s. Mm. And I said, I don't understand how people could be, could vote for Joe Biden after everything we went through during the Obama era and with, with, you know, during Occupy Wall Street, Obama was the bad guy. Obama was the bailout guy. Mm-hmm. I, I know you can blame George Bush for a lot of this stuff too. And you can go back to the 2000, but Obama was, was, was Obama, the drone mm-hmm. guy. And the response we get from him is, Oh, I was in high school. I don't know any of that stuff. I never thought of that. You're right. They so, have no idea. So here's what happens. Conservatives have a bunch of kids. Elon Musk, he's cranking out the babies. All that, that That's the first thing. Because those kids are going to retain some of the values of their parents. Some. Many of these parents are taking their kids and they're putting them into institutionalized learning facilities that hate you. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That want to indoctrinate your kids. If the conservatives went on school choice, it's done. The left, their dogma, their cult will die with them as they age and they lose voting power. And the new generation raised by, typically raised by conservatives will retain conservative values. Give it 20 years and we're going to see two generations step up into the vote to voting age. And if the conservatives keep having their kids and protecting them from mm-hmm. these institutionalized learning facilities, the United States hands down becomes a Christian conservative nation. Now, I'm not saying it's a good thing for those that aren't Christian conservative, but that's what will happen if Christian conservative parents instill their values in their kids. That's interesting. Do you know that uh, since the Roe v. Wade news, uh, the rate of vasectomies has like skyrocketed? And I'm sure every conservative is laughing and high-fiving their friends. Because yeah. <laughs> they're the anti-life side. Sadly, if you I I said this 10 years ago to people, I I said it a few years ago. If you are even 1% more likely to get an abortion, let's say you have 100, let's say you have 50 Democrats and 50 conservative Republicans and the Democrats are 1% more likely to have an abortion over a long enough period of time. The Democrats will cease to mm-hmm. exist and the Republicans will keep having kids because it's just basic math. But it does It's not just abortion, though. They're also I'm hearing a lot of people saying that are liberals saying, I don't want to have kids because of the climate change. And I'm just worried about the climate. Mm-hmm. 
they have been brainwashed into thinking that it's a bad idea to have children. And it's one of the greatest gifts that I believe God gives you is when he makes you a parent. Well, they're also, uh, some of these parents are sterilizing their kids. Oh, with the, the puberty blockers, transgender stuff, puberty blockers, things like that. And, 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 and doctors who go along with that, um, really, we need to look at their medical license. It's what the, the well, surgeries especially are, especially on cruel. minors. So you look at where we're going and this, this is why I stress again, the school issue is the most important. I don't know if conservatives totally get it, yeah, but that, the say, way you, uh, that is a great point. I mean, that was, that was deep and that was true. The saying is socialists don't have kids. They have yours. If people are conservative and they have kids and they put them in a college, don't be surprised when your young, beautiful blonde daughter comes home with a shaved head, tattoos, gauges, and is screaming that you're evil. Mm-hmm. This is the craziest thing to me because I've seen these stories where a guy, you know, he posts on Reddit and he's like, my daughter came back from college and she hates me. I don't understand yeah, why. Yeah, and it, it takes – they go there in August and by Thanksgiving they come back and they've changed. Yep. Got to protect them. Yeah. School I think choice. it's great. And we're on the way. We're doing great things in Arizona. That's where the charter move, school movement really began. And we are going to be the school – I call it school freedom, education freedom state. And any way we can make that better so that our kids are getting a quality education, not a brainwashing. And in, in my plan for education is we have um, – what we'd like to push is a – dual track education. So after 10th grade, you decide, hey, we're going to go the the four-year college route, or do we want to go and get skills training, trade school, vocational, certification? There's no reason we can't get our kids out of school at 18 and have them ready to take on the world. Most of these jobs don't require college. As a matter of fact, college sets you back from achieving the American dream because you're in a heap of debt. And look at, you know, what do we say? 18 years old, James Monroe. These young founding fathers of ours were doing Big things. Created a country. Yeah, it took wow. on a monarchy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we need to get our kids ready at 18. I talk to industry leaders every week and they say, we, we've got great jobs. They pay 80,000 full benefits. You know what? Nobody to fill them. You know what kids need? Jobs. The jobs are out there, but they're not ready for them. And but I, we should get them ready in high school. I mean, children need jobs. Oh. And here, and, but I'll clarify too, because I know that the, the left loses their minds, because some Republicans said that, and they were like, child labor! In the mines! Oh man, we <laughs> yeah. worked so hard as kids. I mean, up at 6 a.m. on the weekend, chores, it was crazy. Exactly. So I worked at my family's business. My mom opened a cafe, didn't survive all that long, but a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think I worked something like 10 hours a week, working with the family business. That is what kids need. You don't want kids doing backbreaking labor. You don't want them working in factories and anything crazy like that. I was making sandwiches and ringing, ringing up people's coffee. But you want some I responsibility. I think they can do some ba- backbreaking work. There's not a damn thing wrong with that. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, of course, of course. Like, I mean, dad's, they, dad's teaching their kid to chop lumber. Yeah. Kids mowing the lawn, kids carrying stuff and, and moving bricks. That's all fine. I'm just like industrial machinery. There's a reason why we yeah. say, hey, we don't want the kids. Well, we don't want our kids going off to work in a factory at age right. nine and 10. No, but when we, want we were little, dad, uh, my dad would wake us up. We heated our home partially in the winter with wood. And so we had to, you know, split wood and cut down trees and do all that. And, and it was it up at, uh, at the time I, I dreaded it. I'm sure I complained <laughs> the entire day. We'd get up at 6 a.m. We're there. You know what we were paid? A soda. We'd go to the gas station after we were done and we would, you know, put, you know, whatever it was at the time, 50 cents or whatever into the, you know, pop machine. And that was our pay for working from like, Six till three or four in the afternoon, cutting wood, cutting lumber, and then splitting wood and loading wood into the truck and then unloading the wood. But I'm so glad I have um, that understanding. 
of how to even kids, do that. Kids need work. They need to, you know, paper routes they used to do. We don't have that anymore. We need things like that. The we greatest thing about a paper lemonade. route it was the collection part. Do you remember? I mean, I don't know if you're old enough to remember that the, the paper boy would, you know, ride his bike, throw the paper. And then at the end of the week, when we were little, he'd have to come knocking at the yeah. door and collect, you know, whatever the, the payment was for the paper that week. Yeah. Can you imagine you're doing like, you know, debt collection at <laughs> age 10? <laughs> when when I was I was a kid, we would go door to door mowing lawns and shoveling snow. That was like a normal thing where I grew up. So whenever it would snow, we'd be, we'd get excited and be like, let's go make some money. We can make some dough, yeah. And then we'd knock and like, you know, some middle-aged dude would come out and we'd be like, we want to, sh- can we shovel your walkway for money? And it's like, yeah, I'll give you 10 bucks. And we're like, yes. Got it. That's awesome. I wonder, do kids still do that? Did you do that? Do you know anybody who does that? My did? brothers definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Things like that are good. Kids need that stuff. I wish we would have done more of that with our kids. If they're watching, they're probably like, mom, please don't talk about us. Don't. <laughs> but we didn't push that. We didn't have to do that with our kids. And I, I regret that we weren't pushing more of, of, you know, work around the house and things like that. Both of my kids do work, so that's great. Um, but people are just so f- afraid to let their kids out of the bubble. I think that's it. The stranger danger fear. is huge now. Oh, yeah. I never really taught my kids that because I didn't want them to look around and be afraid of people. I mean, there are obviously bad people in this world. In the but public schools. I wanted them to often. know if they ever got lost and were, you know, you're at a, a ballpark or whatever and they got lost. I wanted them to know that, you know, at 99.9% of the people, if you just go up and ask them for help, are going to be helpful. So I always trained yeah. them, go find another mommy yes. and tell her you're lost. But don't panic. Just find another mommy and she'll help find, you know, because I always knew an- another mom would help if they see a, a child. Are, are, are your kids adults? Yeah, my son is 17 and my daughter is 19. Let's talk about their future. We have the story from the Washington Examiner. Arizona Attorney General seeks invasion status to tackle illegal immigration. I saw a video of thousands of people marching through uh, Central America and South America and Mexico <laughs> carrying the flags of their own countries as they, tr- they announced they were coming to the United States. And then when the conservatives were saying it was an invasion, the media and the left said that it was hate speech, that it was a talking point. And I'm just sitting here like... I, I don't know, man. I saw a video of like a thousand people carrying the flags of their own country trying to come to ours. And then I watched them attack border guards. So I kind of feel like, look, you you might not like the idea of the word, but it qualifies. It's truly an invasion. Anybody who says it isn't either is uneducated or lying. I've been down on the border. There are people coming over all day, every day, in, sometimes in small groups of nine and ten, sometimes 250 rush the border. We see the video there. Uh, well, at least now we know if they've got the flag, which country to send them back to because so, we can't absorb right. them here in – we're not going to absorb them in Arizona. So uh, Mark Burnovich, is that how you pronounce it, mm-hmm. is calling on Governor Doug Ducey to uh, invoke invasion status and take action. Two questions, I suppose. Do you think it'll happen? And if you were governor, would you do it? Yeah, we should have done it a long time ago. In the beginning of January, I put together my border policy. And the first thing you do is you issue a declaration of invasion and invoke basically your Article 1, Section 10 rights as a state to protect your people when you're in danger and you have an invasion. And you have to declare the invasion to kind of get that ball rolling. I gave my plan to Governor Ducey and I said, please take this. You can have it. You can rename it. You can call it the Ducey plan, whatever, but do it. We can't wait until I'm governor in January 23. We can't go another year with thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people pouring across, the cartels being in control, the drugs pouring across, killing and weakening Americans. Um, we can't do it. And he's done nothing. 
He's done nothing. Just he's done nothing. No, and then, then he, you know, uh, he'll, he'll do a, a dog and pony show at the border, and it's like, I, do you not see what's happening here? Do you not care about Arizona? I don't know if it's because he's a lame duck and it's going to take too much work, but we're going to on day one. I'll take my hand off the Bible after the oath of office, and we're going to issue a declaration of invasion. We're going to put the Arizona National Guard at the border, and we're going to arm them, and we're going to stop people from coming across. Wow. Unfortunately, the Border Patrol can't do that. They're under Joe Biden. Right, they're federal. And they're forced to just process these people. And they come over with smiles on their face. They're like, wow, land of the free, here we are. And it's hey, destroying look. the middle class. Um, these. It, what's really sad, if you really com- care about people, if you really care about people and are compassionate, these people coming over, millions of them, are basically indentured servants to the cartels. Yep. You come over and you owe the cartel for your passage into America. And it's thousands of dollars you've got to work to pay off. Sometimes they never can. Because much like student loan debts, for instance, they say you're going to owe us more. There's going to be interest. You'll never mm-hmm. be able to pay it off. This was a wristband given to me by Jorge Ventura from – it was on one of the – I guess you call them migrants. One of the uh, – it says entrejas, which means delivered. Mm. They were being delivered by cartel. They were, they, uh, they, this they is number label. Four, 4186 is the number. But that was for – ch- that was for children, was wasn't it? I and this is what's, oh, there's children's shoes everywhere. I just got chills children. actually thinking about the last time I was there, children's clothes, children's shoes, um, children so, coming across. Something is deeply wrong with this country when you have a political faction of millions of voters who would protect these people, protect the cartels, protect the coyotes. You remember when Donald Trump was debating and he said the coyotes are bringing people across mm-hmm. and these blue checkmark journalists did not know what a coyote was <laughs> and they all laughed and thought Trump was talking about animals because they weren't smart enough to Google search. <laughs> to know what that means, yeah. You have young girls being abused by human traffickers and it's because Joe Biden will not deal with this. And you know, you know what Biden did instead of securing the border? He started putting these miners on planes and flying them across the country to sweep it under the rug. Oh, you see it every every time we fly out. We flew here, and you see people in the airport. They don't have ID. They just have their their basically their court paperwork to show up at court. That's we have to show our ID. You know, hand over everything, and they're they're all over the airport, I just and they're being shipped to a city near you. And this is why people from all fifty states have gotten involved in our campaign because they know we are going to protect the border in Arizona, and this is a national issue not an arizona issue it's a national issue and if we don't get strong governors in our border states we're gone we're done as a country if, if there's an invasion status declared and they get armed can they just mow down civilians that no are and that's not what we're doing i mean this is kind of what the liberals will say what do you want to we want our our arizona national guard and our guard members and we're going to ask other states to send their guard down as well we need boots on the ground to protect our our border this is to protect our our national guard we're dealing with the cartels, you know, you don't have to watch that many issues of uh, any any movie dealing with the cartel, Breaking Bad. They're they're not friendly people. Okay, we're not going to have our guard members be killed while they're down there protecting us, and we're just going to stop people when we catch them. We're going to process them and we're sending them back. And we have a couple of brave uh, sheriffs in Texas. You've been following that. They finally are saying, hey, we want to declare an invasion. If our governor won't do it, we will do it. And one of them had processed some people. They were involved in an accident or something, and they refused service. They refused going to the hospital. And so he took them, and he drove them right back to the port of entry, dropped them off, and said, adios. So we have this story from Timcast. Texas Governor Abbott authorizes National Guard DPS to arrest illegal migrants and return them to the border. I don't think – he didn't declare invasion. 
but he's getting, you know, he's kind of on the edge sending the National Guard out to deal with this. What, what do you what do you think of what he's doing? Do you think he's doing a, a well enough job? He's getting pressured. The people are going, come on, what's, how, how much worse does this have to get before we see these governors grow a spine? But I mean, uh, why uh, aren't they doing it? How hard is it? I, I think our government's uh, part and parcel to this. I mean, I think the federal government, last time I was there, I watched three van loads of illegals being brought in. And the border agent stopped with the third van. He rolled the window down. He said, I'm voting for you, but you've got to stop this. This is the 2,873rd illegal alien I've processed. And this was early in May. This was like the first week. 2,873rd illegal alien I've processed at this spot. That's one guy. And he said, it's got to stop. And he's right. I don't know why our governors aren't doing anything um, other than they're weak or maybe they're open borders types. Maybe they want to see this big global agenda. I don't know. But I do know this. It's going to stop. And it's going to stop in January of 2023. And we are going to win this election. We'll hold you to it. Oh, yeah. That's why they're, that's why they're writing hit pieces every week. <laughs> that's why they're attacking me. That's why they're going so hard. I think I'm their least favorite person other than Donald Trump right now because they know I'm not in politics because I want a career in politics. I'm in politics because I'm a fed up mom who's sick of seeing our state being trampled and is sick of seeing the crime and the drugs come in. I want to get in there, stop this insanity and get back to my life. What do you think about Ron DeSantis? Love him. We need more governors like him as well. And from we're going to so- get one right from the sounds <laughs> of, sound of it. It's fascinating how the, the never Trumper types, uh, Chris Rufo. You're familiar with Christopher Rufo? No, he's, who is that? He's uh, how would you describe him? One of the leading academics on critical race theory and yeah, he's gender been ideology. Critical race theory stuff in the Pacific Northwest for like years now. He's great. He said that DeSantis is basically the litmus test for never Trumpers because they should support him. He's uh, got military experience. He's a, a, a he's well spoken. He's not you know crass. He's conservative. Wonderful, and, and they don't. He's effective, him. right? But so why is it that these never Trumper conservatives don't support DeSantis? They have no good reason. Like Trump and DeSantis, and even Christy Noem to to an extent, and and like I'm going to be, we are going to be effective, and we're going to show how worthless this last generation of politicians have been. Trump exposed all of that. He made everyone look like a big fool. They made us believe that it took 20 years to get one little thing done, a bridge built, the money for a bridge to be built. I mean, we had a town in Arizona that, a big community where um, every time it rained, the road would flood and you couldn't pass it. You couldn't pass over going from one side of town to the other. And so you had to take a 40-mile detour. They were begging, begging, begging for federal dollars to build a bridge so that this town basically could function when it rained. It took them 20 years it took, I think, dozens of people had to die in that flooded road. And that's what we were we were taught, that that's how long it takes the federal government. It's like a cold day, molasses flowing on a cold day. You can't get anything done. Trump goes in and boom, right away. He says all these promises, and everyone said he'll never do it. Boom, he starts going down his to-do list and gets everything done while he's being simultaneously attacked by the swamp, attacked by the media. And we realized, oh, my gosh, he's the he's the effective one. These other people are just lifers who are, you know, don't care about us. It would be cool if when you're governor, if you have like a local state thing where people in their localities can vote, even like on an app or something, to redirect a portion of their tax funds, their state tax funds, to like local issues. And then if they can get enough people to, to swipe right on their issue 
and allocate like one percent. So like a Tinder for mm-hmm. tax money. Mm-hmm. This this is actually uh, <laughs> is that what Tinder is? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Swipe left, right. So this, exactly. This, 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 I, I love this idea. idea. The general idea is obviously you can't do it with all taxes, but there could be like a certain percentage where it's like let's see how the people feel about these issues, mm-hmm. and you could be like download the app. Take the survey and the vote on what issue you think, and then we'll show everybody how everyone on the app voted. And then, is it swipe? Is it swipe right or left? Is yes. Swipe right is yes. Okay, swipe right is good. Yes, of course. The right is but the the, the bots Um, thing is difficult. Right is correct. Bots. That's difficult. Yeah, Yeah. you'd have to like sign up with your social security number. You know, be like a you'd be a citizen. You'd have local Mm -hmm. whatever. That's great. We could do that. Wouldn't it be nice if we could do that with federal money? I wonder how many people would have swiped right for the $58 billion going to Ukraine. Yeah, and in those situations, I imagine we would still have, like, black budget, 30%. You're not allowed to spend less than that. Like, like you just have to accept fire department, police department. It's going to be grayed out at yeah. 7%. But, but there could be but, stuff like new skate park but you could put or more tennis, tennis court. I'll guarantee yeah. you the wall would have been built a long time ago. Oh, yeah. And I'll guarantee you Ukraine would not be... Taking our tax money. It works with like yep. popular support. I mean, we are a popular support government. It's you vote to get the people right. in. If you could vote for the things you want as well. That's the appearance. I love let's, that. Let's, uh, uh, let's, let's ju- jump to this story. Um, Carrie, you said that uh, you're getting the Trump treatment. <laughs> I got now, the Washington Post after me. You got the Washington Post <laughs> after you and they wrote this, op- they published this opinion piece. Please Republicans don't nominate Carrie Lake for Arizona governor. You know what? I, I, as soon as I see that, I put on my they live sunglasses and I can see them saying, help us, please, if this woman actually wins and starts going after the establishment. When I see a story that's from the Washington Post, my immediate reaction is, I'm going to do the opposite of what you're asking. <laughs> it's like they're using reverse psychology. I think I just who got they endorsed. Think to them? Yeah, who do they think they are? This right? is the best endorsement you can get. <laughs> Washington Post being like, no. Yes. And then our local paper, which is the most liberal rag, you know, west of the Mississippi is saying, you've got to do the please independents get in there and vote against her. Me, I'm not radical. No. I'm America first. So let me, let me read this portion. It says, you can see this for yourself. Her campaign launch video featured her hitting TVs with a sledgehammer and burning face masks. All right, I'm already okay. That's it. I love it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. even in, Show what, me whatever the sledgehammer. Like whatever your opinion is on masks, it's like, are you telling people like, smashing TVs just sounds like entertaining? Sounds like James O'Keefe. I'm smashing the fake news is what I was right. doing. <laughs> her Fourth of July celebration rally was held at a gun range where attendees were offered a chance to fire a machine gun. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> that sounds so cool. On Monday, she tweeted F, and I cannot stress this enough, JB. <laughs> <laughs> it's read F, and I cannot stress this enough, JB. In response to the news that the Justice Department is suing Arizona over, over its new election law, Lake's outrageous showmanship apparently knows no bounds. The Washington Post was purchased by Jeff Bezos. It is the establishment, mega corporation, nightmare dystopian embodiment, and... When they say don't do something, it's the thing you need to do. Absolutely. When I saw that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think that might push us right over the edge and we'll win. <laughs> I want to I wanna tell you, you know, I hear you talking about the border and America first and these things. And I know deep down there's a lot of people who are probably like, how much of this do you actually mean and how much is just rhetoric? And to be fair, in my younger days, I, I like when, when Trump was running, I didn't care. I didn't vote for anybody. But I got to be honest, seeing Trump, seeing Ron DeSantis kind of put the fire back in me where I, I actually believe that we can win and elect people who are actually going to do what they want, what they say they're going to do. I'm absolutely going to do what I say I'm going to do. That's why, That's why Dr. Evil's <laughs> newspaper 
Is that what we call him? Jeff Bezos, Dr. Evil. Um, that's why they're afraid of me. That's why they're going. I've never seen a barrage of negative media. Most of it lies after one person since President Trump. They're so worried about us because they know I can't be bought. I can't be bribed. I mean, I walked away from money. Money, money means nothing. First of all, they're printing it and they're trying to devalue the dollar and, and crash the economy. What good is a paycheck? What good is all of that if we don't have a country? We're at the point right now. I used to say the 11th hour. I, I think we're in the final minutes of the existence of America if we don't get in there and do some really bold, big things. And that's why they're scared to death of me and they're writing these articles because I am going to do what I say I'm going to do. Well, so you, you have this uh, – what, what would you describe this as? Like a little poster about your, your opponent? Yeah. Karen Taylor Robson. Arizona's most liberal Republican. So the one thing that immediately strikes me is anti-Second Amendment. Oh, but she tries to say she's pro-2A. But she, when she, here's the thing. Doug Ducey, our, our, our uh, governor, appointed her to the Board of Regents. That's the governing board for all of our state universities. And while there, she voted to expand, expand, expand these gun-free zones. I don't even call them that. They're, they're sitting duck zones. Our children are sitting ducks in these gun-free zones. Whenever you see gun-free zone, you know that you don't, you're not protected. And, you know, let me, let's face it. Arizona's universities are growing. ASU is a big university. I think it's the biggest one in the country now. And they're moving it outside. It used to be just kind of in Tempe. And that's grown, grown, grown. Now they've got a campus in downtown Phoenix. They've got one in Mesa. They've got one all over. And that's great. I'm all for that. But I'm not for walking through downtown Phoenix in an open carry state. I'm carrying my sidearm. I walk across the street to go get a coffee, and all of a sudden I don't have Second Amendment rights. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's what gun-free zones are. And she tries to act like she cares about her Second Amendment. Do people genuinely believe that the criminal who wants to cause harm to someone is going to walk up the sign sitting there creates some kind of force field that stops them from penetrating the strip. <laughs> I can't be a get good, in. What's uh, happening? That would be a good comic to show strip after strip of the guy like prepping for the killing. You know, he's like getting his guns ready. He's loading his guns. He's looking at social media. And then he goes to the place and he sees the sign and he looks all sad and turns away. <laughs> he just walks away. Well, I think it was Texas again that I saw um, the sign at a school that said, we have armed people in this school. Don't come in. I mean, if you're going to come in and try to cause problem, you're going out in either a yep. body bag or a stretcher, but you're not going to come in here and hurt us. All and that's what we need, actually. We need armed security. We have armed security everywhere in this country. You go to a, a basketball game. You go to a mall. Businesses have armed security. Where I used to work had armed security. But we don't have when, armed uh, security for our little babies at, at the school. very when least, do not publicize that it's a disarmed area. That's insane. That's yep. so crazy. You at least want to lie about it and pretend <laughs> like you don't have weapons when you do or you do when you don't. Right. In a gun-free zone where people don't have guns, when a bad person defies the sign and enters with a gun, who do the administrators call? People with guns. Somebody with a gun. To come and help them. And every single incident throughout all time, the only way you stop somebody who's killing with a gun is somebody who's got a gun to stop them or well, another weapon to stop them. Well, you, you could have like a, a crack team of special agents who like cl- climb through the vents and then jump down and like put them kind of headlock. Like in the movies. Like yeah. in the movies. But I would just say realistically, it's people being armed. But yeah. even with armed security, think about Parkland. Their armed right. security didn't save them. And then uh, Uvalde, they called the cops. The cops didn't help mm-hmm. them. It was, I think, some moms and dads were trying that? to get in. Moms and dads were trying to get in. Armed Texans were trying to get in. Some right. did. Mm-hmm. And the cops were stopping them.
So the, the, the administration of the law as, as they've been doing it clearly isn't working. We the people need to protect ourselves, and that's why we need the Second, second Amendment. I truly believe that the only reason we have a country right now, because everything else has fallen to pieces, is because that Second Amendment. It's the only thing keeping us a country right now. We don't have freedom of speech. Our First Amendment rights have been trampled. Our churches got shut down. Yep. I know uh, I don't feel like I have freedom of speech like some people do. Everywhere I go, I, I ask people, how do you feel about your First Amendment rights? Are they fully intact? Do you have them? Do you have perfect First Amendment rights right now? And nobody raises their is the, is the, I, I don't, is, Where's the redress of grievances? You know, how do we, how do we handle that? Because that doesn't seem to be happening. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Yeah. But our Second Amendment is what's keeping us a country. The minute they take that, and they're trying right now, we do crumble. And we will not give those rights up. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not speaking like a normal politician. I'm, I'm not a politician. I guess they can call me that now. And so I don't pull things before I ask, but I do look to the Constitution. And this we're not letting go of. They can try and they say, oh, it was written by slave owners. You know, all this garbage they're trying to say about our Constitution. And this is the only document that we should be looking to to save our country right now. What, a lot of people have talked about national divorce. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Have you heard people talking about that? Tell me what that is. I've heard a little bit about it. Well, there are people who believe that we're headed towards a civil war unless there's an amicable split. And these, these blue states just form their own union and the red states form their own union. So this, the, the peaceful divorce that people have referred to it as. I think you go back to sovereign states and then you decide where you want to live. If you want, if what you see in California is, is what you like, then you stay there. If you don't, you go to a state like Arizona. And that's, I don't know if that's what you're referring to as a national divorce, but that's a great well, way that's to That's federalism, decide. right? Yeah. The idea that the states are sovereign is a weaker federal government. And <clears throat> that's great. I actually support that. The issue is right now the Democrats are losing their minds because the Supreme Court said we do not have the authority to dictate what states do as it pertains to abortion. Congress would have to codify something, but for the time being, it's to the states. So you have activists in blue states demanding that red states live the way they want them to live. If you have Arizona or Texas or Florida saying, you guys do your thing and we'll do ours, but then California, Illinois, and New York are saying, no, you will do as you're told, then it seems inevitable there's going to be some kind of clash you you can't you can't function that way right no you can you just say well i'm sorry you feel that way but we're going to do our thing we're going to do it the arizona way but this so this would be are you suggesting they're going to take uh you know violence against us because we're doing things the arizona way it just it gets to a point where the federal government is is shown to have uh, the emperor has no clothes right Mm -hmm. i suppose the the lightest uh view of it would be the Supreme Court says what California, or not even the Supreme Court, what California is doing with an immigration sanctuary state. They're letting these people come in. Here's the problem. California is allowing illegal immigrants in en masse. They're giving them free health care. In New York, they're even trying to give them the right to vote. But that got blocked by a judge. Presidential votes go through the Electoral College. Congress, our laws in this country, go through congressional districts. Mm-hmm. Congressional districts are set not by the amount of citizens, but by the amount of people in general. So when California allows non-citizens in, they get more presidential votes and they get more votes in Congress, Mm, stealing the rights of, say, the people of Arizona. That is a problem. Mm -hmm. And so you, 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 now recently California's lost a ton of, of their population. So they've actually, they're coming to Arizona. (laughs) Yeah. They lost a congressional seat. But you look at what some of these states are doing when they're like, we will not abide by federal law. 
and eventually it starts breaking down. I don't know where it goes, but I also know that in uh, New Hampshire, I think it's New Hampshire. So you're not saying the, the illegal population grows and the illegal population is voting. They're you know not allowed to vote. They don't need to vote. Even though the Department of Justice is trying to fight us on that in Arizona right now, we will fight them right back. But you're saying just the population growth when we do the census gives them a free congressional seat, a new seat. Yeah. And it was just uh, just before the latest census, California, I believe, was estimated to have one extra congressional seat based on allowing illegal immigrants in the state. That means the citizens of Texas, of Arizona, of Florida lose voting power at the federal level because the members of Congress is locked in. They lose representational power because of non-citizens being illegally allowed in the country. This is why President Trump wanted to have that question on the census. That's right. And it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It it does hurt other states. Mm -hmm. And um, he wasn't allowed to do that. Think about who fought him on that. Yep. It's 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 it would it's, be interesting if non-citizens, no matter what state they're in, just add to the whole. So just add to the you know. So like if every state has one fiftieth, and then you get seven thousand new immigrants going to one state illegally, it just adds to the one fiftieth across the board. No one state gets to benefit from well, that's the, the Senate. The non-citizens. That's mm-hmm. the Senate. Well, I'm, I'm talking about just for congressional seats in general. But like, con- congr- congressional seats are, uh, they do the census and then it, it, it's, it increases every time. It's like 770,000 people per district on average or something like that because people are, there's more people. We grew, uh, we had a huge population growth and we did not get an extra seat. Uh, and people, we really expected to get a 10th congressional seat and we didn't. I, I, wow. I still think there was something, uh, not quite right about that. People need to understand that California sends what, how many do they have? Like thirty-five? Is it how many? How many congressional districts do they have? Do you know? I don't know. I don't they, know. They have a Let's bunch. find out. Uh, look it up. They they send <laughs> somebody get on it. Yeah, they send maybe it's thirty-seven. Let's see what you got. What's the number? Fact check. I'm so glad I learned how to type in high school. That's one of those skills you need, right? So I, fast. Did I you, mean, that's one it? of the greatest uh, classes I took as well. It, it reduced from fifty-three seats to fifty-two. I was Ooh. wrong. Fifty-two. Wow. What was was fifty three? You just flipped them. You said thirty five. This is per the twenty twenty census. Sending fifty two people to vote in Congress, and you're wondering why it is Democrats have so much power in Congress. Mm-hmm. California is not cooperating on immigration laws. They're offering benefits to non citizens like health care and schooling. They're incentivizing more people to come. Then the census happens. Then they're given an extra congressional seat. They get more voting power by allowing people to come in and break federal law. The federal government can't enforce that law without the assistance of local enforcement, and California won't do it. This is evil, dark stuff. And and the point Truly. is, at a certain point, the people of any other state are going to say, why did we lose this vote in in the federal at the federal level on, say, gun control by one to California? Those votes came from people who aren't citizens. The, tell- the people that they're representing aren't even citizens, is what you're saying. Exactly. I think I think a solution is, I'll reiterate, like if 50 new people go into California that are not citizens, every state gets one of them towards their census. I think the solution is, let's follow our immigration laws. We've got plenty of them on the books. We're not following them. And no longer allow illegal immigration. This is pretty yeah. basic stuff. Secure the border. President Trump was trying to get us there. Ask those questions on the census so we know how many illegal immigrants are living there. And you don't get to count them in that. Well, uh, I, I hear what Ian's saying. I hear your idea. Like, if a hundred, if, if 50 illegal immigrants go to California, then every state gets to count one of those people towards their state. Yes. Here's what we got to do. 
on the census, we need them to fill out a question as to whether or not they're citizens. And that, they, could lie. We, they could lie, though. Well, other, otherwise we wouldn't know. So Donald Trump, oh, you know what? He would have done that when he said he wanted the citizenship question on the mm-hmm. uh, census. And they blocked him and said he couldn't do it. How insane is that? That's because they didn't want ICE to go round people up and rip up families, basically. Uh, I think it was more of what is, one. What, what is the job of ICE? Go break up families and send people out of the country. Break up families. Well, rip up. What it, is the legitimate actual job description for To throw us? illegal immigrants out of the country, mm, essentially. It yeah. is immigration and customs, customs enforcement. enforcement. Yeah. So sometimes there's, an, there's a, a person who's not a citizen who kills someone. They go and arrest him. It's not about hunting down anybody yeah. or breaking up well, families. Well, if they know someone's there illegally, then they have a duty to go. Enforce extra, the law? Extricate them. To enf- enforce the yes, law? Yes, enforce the law. Well, they should enforce the law. Uh, in certain situations, but in some situations when the kid's been born in the United States is 17 years old and the mom's you're 50, born in the US, but an illegal citizen. citizen. Yeah, but if the mom's 50 and not, you go there and remove a 50-year-old mom and then the 17-year-old has no mother. Like, that's unethical, at least you could argue. I think the challenge is that argument is it's an emotional argument that perpetuates the crisis and creates more suffering. Right, and, it, and keeps people from wanting to really deal with the, the more common issue, which is people pouring across the border illegally. It's like when you when you concentrate on that and and which really isn't happening, I'm very infrequently. You're missing the the boat on what we really need to be doing, which is enforcing our immigration laws and protecting the people of this country. The more people we keep letting in, we're watering down what it means to be an American. We're watering down everything that we're paying into as American citizens. Services are being watered down. And we don't have access to it. We're, we're watering down um, the job situation for middle class families. We're competing now for low wage. The low wage workers are coming in and, ta- and bringing our wages down. It's hurting the middle class. Uh, uh, let me give you a, a scenario, Ian. So uh, there are a lot of memes where people say we could we could end starvation around the world. We have enough food to feed all starving people. Why aren't we doing it? Because tomorrow right. they're going to be hungry again. It's not about that. It's that we have the capacity to make enough food to make it so they're never hungry again. Teach a man to fish. Don't Do you know why we don't just go to starving nations and just give them food? Because then they overpopulate. They have kids. And then within a few years, now you have twice as many starving people. And you're like, hey, wait a minute. We increased suffering in the world. So you can't just give food to someone. You got to teach them mm-hmm. to grow and sustain their own economies and their own food sources. That's the issue. When you have someone come here illegally to to have a kid and try and give them citizenship to exploit and break the law... It causes pain and suffering and damage. So it, it's kind of crazy, this idea that people have where it's like a woman, when she was in her 20s, was pregnant, came to the United States and had a kid. The kid is now seven years old, so the police are going to come and arrest the mother and send and send her back to Mexico or to Guatemala or whatever. And then they go, you can't do that. She has a kid now. That would cause suffering. And it's like, yo, uh, she broke the law. Like the people who live here agree with. It's like. There's there's something about scale that Democrats don't seem to understand where simply because they don't see it happening, they don't care. What? I question. Like someone broke into your house and then invited their friend in and their friend would be homeless if you kicked him out. Yeah, sorry, dude. Get out. Well, why is the kid of an illegal immigrant an American? Why? 14th Amendment. But what? Is it 14th, I think? Is that redundant now? Like why? I don't understand. Just because a kid's born on this side of the line. It's actually an exploitation of, of the Constitution. The original idea around birthright citizenship was to uh, – it, it was after the Civil War. They, the Dred Scott decision said that uh, descendants of Africa could not be citizens of this country. After the Civil War – 
we uh, amended the Constitution with the 14th. I believe it was the 14th that said this, that if you're born here, you're a citizen. This was basically to say all of those people who are, who are former slaves, you're citizens. But it became, if you're born here, you're just a citizen. Like almost no country does that. Almost none. I think there's like two or three or something like that. There's an argument to be made that, um, that, the, you know, you're called the anchor, anchor babies, that that is, um, wow. that you could fight that. That's an that. offensive term. Well, right. that, that's what they, they call it. They come in. If you, if you know border states deal with this problem, like, for example, Yuma, Arizona, their maternity wards at 125%. Americans aren't really having a lot of babies these days, but right. people come across the border. They even call it birth, birth tourism. Exactly. They, they you come here, you're seven months pregnant, you stay a couple months, and you have the baby here, and now you have an American citizen. That's, 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 and then there's chain that's why they call that the anchor baby because it anchors the family here. And there's something called chain migration. In China, there's an industry where they'll, they will fly pregnant yep. women because you get dual citizenship. Now your kid's a citizen of the United States. You bring them back to China when they're old enough. When you have a kid here, what they do is now they're a citizen. They then can file sponsorship to bring other people the along. The entire family. No, that's an exploit. It, it's exactly. got to be dealt with. I, I'm very compassionate towards humans in general and but that's insanity that you can just let someone the kid the kids already we're talking about Roe v Wade and it's a human it's already a person according to a lot of these people anyway so like what's the difference of when it exits the birth canal I'm trying to find the law I think it was an 1885 law that talks about that um but I can't think of it off the top of my head I'm going to look it up you know these are these are questions we have to ask as a country and we are compassionate people Americans are but when are we going to start using our brains? We can't have open borders with people pouring across. Yeah, or we won't have a country. Our citizenship will mean nothing. It will be. It'll mean nothing to be an American if we just let people pour in, and we don't know who's coming in. And when President Trump said we're not sending, they're not sending their their best and brightest. He he's right. The stats show thousands of people coming in who are murder suspects, DUI suspects, rape suspects. Some some really bad people are coming in terrorists are coming in and and i'm not saying everybody who's coming in is a really bad person but we're allowing really bad people the cartels to control our immigration can you imagine these narco terrorists are in control of our immigration right now we aren't yeah i'm not comfortable with that i'm not comfortable with the people coming in living in a border state our streets are not safe i used to feel safe walking across a parking lot in the middle of the day or at night and i don't feel safe anymore yeah Let's go to Super Chats. If you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show, and become a member at TimCast.com because we're going to have that members-only show coming up at about 11 p.m. tonight. You don't want to miss it. It's the After Hours Uncensored show. But let's read some of these Super Chats. Nick Koenig says, Hey, Tim, when will you have Alex Jones on again? All of his episodes are awesome. Um, I don't know, maybe soon. You know what we want to do is we want to do Friday night live IRL at venue at a venue where we would sell like a couple hundred tickets. So there's a live audience watching the show. It would be interesting because then we'd have to do stage blocking where it's like everyone would sit on one side of the table. You know, Ian, mm-hmm. you know this, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I would love to have Alex uh, come down for that. So, you know, we'll reach out. Mm. And uh, how cool would it be if we did a Friday night event? It was an extended show, like a three-hour show. And then we had Alex and maybe somebody else, and it's just live in front of everybody and on YouTube, of course. That would be a whole lot of fun. But uh, all right. Let's see what we got. Marshall P. says, I heard some promo with Carrie Lake recently. She is a warrior. Love her. Mm, thank you, Marshall. Well, there you go. Appreciate it. All There's right. a warrior inside all of us, right? 
Yeah, you ever see that meme of the the guy with two wolves? One is hate and one is love, and you have to control them both? I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, we did this poster behind me. I don't know. Can, Colton, can you grab one of them? I want to show it because somebody said it looks like a superhero. I just happen to have an Arizona. We have the oh. coolest flag in Arizona. <laughs> oh, sunburst. And, and I guess this is me with my warrior spirit, but I just happen to have that on, and we're sh- we were trying to show off the um, – here it is. So – well, I guess what I'm showing here is that there is a warrior in all of us, and we just have to find that kind of fighting spirit. I think we've got the DNA of our founding fathers. I did not realize they were 18 and 19 year olds. Freaking wild! But they're they were warriors, yeah. and we've got that in us. And I think we're at a time right now where we all need to tap into that energy and say we're going to protect this country, save this country, and do the right thing. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. We have to have these conversations where you go, "But you're not being compassionate." No, actually, we are being compassionate. Because um, when we we don't follow the laws that are that are put forth, we're hurting other people. We're hurting Arizonans. We're hurting Americans. All right, we got this from Ken uh, uh, Kenk. He says, "Carrie, as an Australian, I want to commend you on how you handled yourself during your interview with Liam Bartlett. The most embarrassing thing is he's not even our worst journalist. Not even close." Ooh. Really? There's worse out there? I thought Liam was the absolute worst that we ever (laughs) faced. Colton, is he the worst we ever faced? (laughs) I agreed to do it. I thought, okay, 60 Minutes wants to talk to us in Australia about, you know, the the rise of kind of the Trump Republican, the America First movement, what's coming after Trump. So we agreed to do it. We sat down, and he's interviewing us from Australia via laptop. This guy had a raging case, stage four. Trump derangement syndrome. Oh, yeah. Every question was just attacking me. And I'm thinking, I'm looking around going, did President Trump, you know, sneak into the room? I, it's just me in here. Um, absolute lunatic. Doesn't even realize what's going on in the world. We talked about our gun rights and our Second Amendment. And we talked about how they have no freedom because they melted yeah. down their guns in Australia. Yeah. It's a great interview. Go to my Rumble page and take a look <laughs> at it. It might be the most deranged reporter I've ever dealt with. And I've dealt with some of them. All right. Cigars and Cigar Arms says, Carrie. If elected governor, what is your plan on addressing the disturbing trend of police brutality in cities like Mesa, Tempe, and Prescott? Well, I think we, frankly, need to take some of the pressure off of our police. And right now, our police force is so under, not only underfunded, because the craziest idea in the world was defund the police, but but police and good police are walking away because they don't, the pressure, they're understaffed, they're overworked. Um, they're being ripped apart in the media and, and called the bad guys. And there's a lot of pressure on them. And I think when you have that kind of pressure on officers, sometimes you're going to have situations like you're talking about. I, yeah. They're not all perfect, just like all human beings. I think, though, that the majority of police are really good and want to do the right thing. I think when we started seeing uh, all these cops resign, mm-hmm. and I think we just saw a news story about a ton of cops resigning in New York, you're not left with no police like some people would hope. You're left with the bad ones. And then on top of it, during COVID, I know we can't talk about the shot in the arm, but they were taking our first responders. We're already understaffed. I mean, some some police departments are at half staffing. <clears throat> in Arizona, we're I think we're three or four hundred cops down. And then the, they all of a sudden say, you know what? If you don't get the shot in the arm, you're out. So oh, the, they were mandating. They were mandating that. And so, who's the kind of person that's going to say no to that? I think strong constitutionally minded people are going to say hell no and those are the police you want frankly the people who follow the constitution who believe in individual rights we want those people on our police force and those were the kind of police they were pushing away 
In Arizona, right, this, were they making them take the jab? Yeah. Could, if you became governor, can you undo that? We're going to work on that. We are absolutely one of my top priorities is that. This is outrageous to have any boss, an employer, tell you medically what you have to do. Some medical, in, you know, you talked about back vasectomies. Can you imagine if your employer said, yeah, you can work here, but I need proof that you've had a vasectomy? That's crazy. Stop this. This is craziness. We, we, we have one. This one is, um, I'll just read it. Wolf on the plane says, Tim, it's future Madam President Carrie Lake. Address her <laughs> properly. She should be our first female POTUS. She's got my vote. Is he in Arizona? I don't know, but... Because um, the ballots are out, and what we need to do is we've got the young people voting. We need to get the young people to fill out those ballots and send them in. Um, that's really nice. Let me let me first take on the job in Arizona. I don't have political aspirations. I think I'm probably the only person <laughs> in politics who really... I, I, I look at politics, and it's slimy. It's gross. I just want to get in and get Arizona on the right track. I don't have any aspirations beyond that, but I take that as a huge compliment. Thank you. Yeah, you, you, you answered before I could ask. But I, I assume your answer would be, I'm going to focus on my gubernatorial campaign because people are asking Ron DeSantis as well. And he's like, look, I'm running for governor in Florida. Talk about presidential aspirations after, later on. I'll let Ron go that direction. I just, I just want to get Arizona on track. I, I hate Washington, D.C. No offense. At least I really hate it right now with Joe Biden there. Um, I love Arizona and I want to do right by the people of Arizona. So that's my concentration right now. So it'll be 2028. DeSantis Lake ticket, huh? <laughs> I do love Ron DeSantis. That guy is fantastic. And he gets it. I don't know that he had media training. I mean, he wasn't in the media before, but I believe his wife, is it Casey, was in the media. So maybe she's kind of worked with him because he knows exactly how to deal with these people in the media. Half of them are losers, maybe more. He's fearless. Good team. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, yeah, his wife, Casey, and won an Emmy. That's right. Oh, wow. And I want to say that I think President Trump knows how to deal with the media as well. He's a little more brash and maybe not as polished. Um, some people say that I'm like Trump in a dress, which might help me get some Democrat votes, actually. <laughs> um, but, you know, President Trump was one of the first politicians to go after the media and call them out. And thank God he did because he opened people's eyes. You are fake news. Remember that? Yeah, you are fake news. That was good. I dig it. All right. Let's see. Kyle Ellis says, Tim, please read this. I'm from, of one, I'm from one of the three poorest counties in Ohio. The only thing we have is natural gas. Biden is doing everything he can to keep the gas in the ground and keep rural folks poor and dependent on the government. What county? I want to well, know. Rural, rural America hmm. is being put on the back burner. Actually, they're not even on the stove. And it's happening in Arizona. We've got a county, Maricopa County, where the main population is Six, six and a half, seven million people live there. The rest of the people live throughout the state. And they don't get the attention they need. They pay into the taxes, but the voting base, Maricopa County is so massive, 65, 70% of the vote comes from Maricopa County. So a lot of politicians, they just concentrate on the city centers and they just say, screw the rest of them. And we are going to be the first governor who says, no, we are putting rural Arizona, small town Arizona, on the front burner. They've been ignored for far too long. Like I said, I mentioned that, that bridge over that, um, that wash that was flooding every time it rained and they couldn't, can you imagine you have to drive a 40 minute, a 40 minute detour to get, you know, a quarter of a mile. People were just driving through the flooded road and it was killing people, but they, they get ignored. They get ignored and we need to start putting the hardworking people, taxpaying people, backbone of our country on the front burner and giving them some attention. 
All right, let's read this. We got Gino Brown says, Hey, Carrie, shared this with my family, hoping they see how awesome you are. Policy question. As governor, do you have a plan to convince the state Democrats to work with Republicans in the interest of saving Arizonans from these upcoming hardships? Just all hardships in general? I'd, I'd love to work with the Democrats. I mean, I, I, I like to call myself an America First candidate. I'm a conservative running as a Republican. I believe the Republican Party is based on conservative values, and that's what our country was based on. But the left is always kind of evil genius when they when it comes to words, and they've tried to castigate what it means to be a conservative. Being a conservative means that you want uh, you want policies that help Americans, help you prosper, but keep the government out of get the government out of your way. We're not supposed to be your babysitter and handing out giving handouts. We're supposed to create an environment where you can live the American dream. And we've had progressives on this show who said the goal of government is to provide the services to the people. And and I'm just like we're all like no. no. The goal no. of government to, to really should be to protect our border, to be honest. Make sure we have roads that are our uh, travel we can travel on and are 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 safe. It's, it's like common defense. Yeah. Common, you know. real basic and get back. Yeah. So um, I think we can work together. I think people are waking up. I think people are fleeing the Democrat Party right now in droves, in droves. And I'm excited about it. They're waking up. As they wake up, I want them to come right over to the Republican Party. It's the party of common sense, the party of ideas that work, and the party of, of safety and security. And so I hope they'll come over, and that'll help us uh, deal with some of these problems. We're going to have, a, I believe, a supermajority and get a lot of things done. Well, all right. We got a good one here from Wathic. He says he joined a little late, but forgive me if it's already been brought up. He wanted to ask, what are your views and plans on Arizona water and sustainability? I'm especially concerned with the Colorado River Compact. We have a water issue in Arizona. I mean, we, we actually do have a lot of water underground, but we can't conserve our way out of a drought and we can't regulate our way out of a drought. And I can't solve the water problem here on, on the Timcast tonight. It's a very complex water situation. We've been trying to deal with it for years. But one thing I do know is Arizona is growing. As these blue states lose their minds and go crazy, people are running to our great red states. And we're going to have that growth. And we, so we need to look at bringing more water in because Arizona is going to keep growing and we don't want to have water become an issue where we can't sustain that growth. I want to look at piping water in from the Mississippi and Missouri River Basin. We've got the right of way. We can, we pipe oil from all over the country and, and, well, we used to before Joe Biden and from Alaska. We can build pipes and pipe water easily. We could mitigate flooding in the Midwest and other parts of the country and, and bring water to Arizona. One thing that, uh, is not a permanent solution, but if you look at Las Vegas, they've actually started terraforming and, and reclaiming the desert by tourism. So what, what people don't realize is, when that plane flies into Vegas, it's carrying several hundred people who are full of water. Those people get off the plane, sweat, use the bathroom, and that water enters the local area and they leave it there. It then evaporates and you start seeing, uh, they're also, I mean, aside from that, they're planting grass. But uh, there's, there's, there's a massive terraforming. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to totally solve our problem. Well, no, what I'm saying is, okay. um, one thing to consider is Las Vegas is actually uh, D, what's the what's the word? Desalination. No, de- desertification. It's a desert. There's no water. Mm-hmm. But all of the food being shipped in, all of the people that come and go are bringing water and leaving it there, mm. and the water remains. And then you see clouds starting to form. 
So now Las Vegas is actually starting to get moisture back. We need to look at every idea. And one of them is desalination. And right now we're looking at maybe having a desalination plant with our neighbors in Mexico. Sadly, we can't work with uh, California because the regulations and their politics are so kooky that we can't work with them. But we'd like to. They should have desal plants up and down that coastline. They have one in the San Diego area. It's working great. And you can do private um, public partnerships to, you know, get the, the capital down to get these built. We'll work with Mexico if we have to. We desalinate water from the Sea of Cortez. We could either give Mexico that water and then trade their Colorado River allotment, or we could also pump in water from the Sea of Cortez that's been desalinated. We have a lot of water underground in Arizona that's brackish, and we could desalinate that. We need to look at every single option. Brackish water underground? Yeah. How does that open? I don't know how it's brackish, but we we can clean it up and use it. I think we need to look at everything, even the big pie-in-the-sky ideas. You know, it was like 40 years ago, the Central Arizona Project, our aquifer system was developed, and everyone thought it's impossible. Oh, we can't. It's just, it's too out there. And we used to think big back then. We had men in power and men who were leaders, and women as well, but mainly men back then, who thought big. They thought, let's build the Palo Verde nuclear power plant. Let's prepare for the future of Arizona. Now we're in this area of big thinking is how can we get the taxpayers to pay for a sports arena? You can use the salt from the desalination for molten salt reactors so that overnight the salt stays hot and liquid and then continues to boil water for mm-hmm. steam power overnight. And you can also build these solar-powered water condensers, which where the, the air goes in through a tube down underground uh, to and then cools down with these uh, cooling mechanisms that are powered by a solar generator and yeah. uh, then condenses into water. And then they're just local. Like, you can mm-hmm. just have one on every street corner kind of you thing. You got the water in the air. So there's a survival stuff they sell where it's like a big, a bunch I've of sheets. That. It's like a cube, and it, it takes, even in dry, very arid conditions, yep. it can zap that water. Especially it's underground just, where it's, it's it, moist. It, it, the water condenses from the air onto it, and then it falls down into a, a container or some kind of We just know, have to vac- look at, at every option, yep. and we need to get our federal delegation together. And we're going to have Democrats in there and Republicans, and I think this is an issue where we can come together. Because moist. Democrats drink water, and so do Republicans. But we need to send our delegation, our congressmen and our senators back to and say, we want some help on the water issue, and we're not going to sign off on a bunch of your projects until you help us. It's not going to cost a lot of money. Nothing costs a lot of money when you compare what they're sending to Ukraine. We could have solved this problem with some of that money we sent to Ukraine, fix this problem. But they drag their feet, they drag their feet, they throw all of these EPA studies in and try to slow this. And we're talking about water. We need, we can't go a day without water. So I think if we put our heads together and we and we have the will to do right, we can make this happen. And I want to be the governor that spearheads that. Right on. So we have Opie who said, just got my ballot and voted Carrie Lake. Let's fix AZ. Mm. So people are already voting. Well, I'm smiling over here. I don't mean to keep checking my phone, but I'm the, the ballots just went out. And obviously they're arriving at people's homes and I'm getting pictures oh, left wow. and right like this one right here. Someone just said, make us proud. He just cast a vote for me. <laughs> Right on. So I'm really excited about that, and I will make them proud. I, you know, I've, I've got people coming up to me on the campaign trail. These are men who fought wars, saw combat, m- women who've lived to be 70, 80 years old and have had a really full life, moms, dads, you name it. They come up to me, and they grab me with tears in their eyes, and they're like, please save Arizona. I'm so worried about where we're going. Please save it. I would rather die than disappoint the people of Arizona. 
I am not doing this for any other reason than I love Arizona. I love the people. I've covered this state for 27 years, and I've watched as over and over again, we get political figures who come in, promise one thing, do the opposite, and they they leave the people behind, and they don't care about the people of Arizona. And I'm tired of seeing that, and it's going to stop when I'm governor. All right, we got one. Uh, this, is, this is a little edgier. Joe Smith says, why are women like Carrie Lake, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, the only political leaders with balls? And please forgive me, <laughs> who is the absurdly cute young blonde woman? Oh, okay. That's Mary, I guess. She oh, is cute. Thank you. But uh, it is interesting, right? That um, I, get, getting- I actually get asked that a lot. They're like, why don't we have any men? Um, we do have men with balls. Trump, a lot of them. DeSantis. Trump, DeSantis, they're great. I'm a mama bear to a baby. I got two baby cubs, I told you. I got a, a girl and a boy. I'm really concerned about our boys right now. I, I like to, you know, I'm, I came from a family of eight girls and one boy. That's where I grew up. I was the youngest. So I, I've always believed that I can do anything. I never thought that being a woman meant I couldn't do something. I'm worried about the environment our, our boys have been living in. They've been pushed down, told to check their toxic masculinity, the Me Too movement. They're probably even afraid to try to ask a girl out because it's just gotten so, so toxic. I want to see us help strengthen our men right now. And I think maybe men are uh, reluctant to jump into politics, maybe because of that. I, I, I don't look at people and go, we need to be in, in the female box, the male box. We need to just all come together as Americans and do right right now. I think we've got great strong men in there. Maybe, um, it's odd or strange to see women who are just speaking the truth. And, um, we're kind of making some news out there, I guess. Yeah. All right. Shino Tenchi says, thought you'd all like to know I'm getting kicked out of the Navy for hate speech due to a false allegation because of supporting Trump. Their evidence was memes from 2017 and 18 on my phone and a book from the Babylon Bee. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Military's gone woke. What does Trump say? Everything woke? I don't want to say it. Get woke, go broke. (laughs) Turns to poop. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Like, don't make me swear. Get woke, go broke. You really don't want the military going woke. That's the last thing you want going woke. Or the schools, or really anything. I heard that the military, the U.S. military, is the greatest polluting organism on Earth. If it was a corporation, it pollutes more than any any other corporation, which I'm fine with because it's the military. I mean, I don't like pollution, yeah, but like you know, got to do the job first, clean the pollution up afterwards, protect the people, right? I hope he's um, is he getting kicked out or did he get kicked out? He said he was getting kicked, getting out. kicked out. Yeah, that's, getting that's kicked tragic, out. actually, dude. All right. Robbie Pratt says, Tim, when will you put a bug zapper in the chicken coop to provide free food for the chickens? Buck, buck, buck. <laughs> oh, it's a good idea. Aren't, aren't, aren't really people talking idea. about eating bugs? I just saw a celebrity this week saying something about eating bugs. Oh, you don't eat bugs? We all eat bugs here. Everybody. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. We got some. You, you want a bowl of crickets while we do the show? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Ian, Ian and I uh, made a cricket bread once to try it out. It was lackluster. I, it, yeah. I didn't, it wasn't special. It was just cricket. And wow. I think about that, and I think about the Pol Pot regime in, in Cambodia when when they just destroyed that country, and they had a huge, um, really, a, a holocaust, really. I mean, they, they killed, was it two or three million people oh, in, geez, in Cambodia, know. Pol Pot? And they when they marched people out of the cities, and, and that's when they started foraging for food, and they eat bugs. And when I was in Cambodia, they still, to this day, forage for bugs and eat bugs. Interesting. All right. Uh, we have this one from BoxFed TV. There's a lot here, so I don't know if I, I, we can get to all of it because there's a lot of questions. They say, love you, Carrie. One, ban ATF in Arizona. Ban FBI in Arizona. Repeal Patriot Act. We'll start there. 
Wow. So, okay, so, I'm writing notes. What does he want me to do? <laughs> well, so, so I'll ask you this. Uh, I think it was New Hampshire and Missouri have uh, basically said they will not assist the federal government in enforcing gun laws. Would you same be in fa- you'd be in favor of the same thing in Arizona? Anything unconstitutional taking away from our Second Amendment rights. We are a Second Amendment sanctuary state, and we're not going to take these gun laws that they're passing and enforce them. So you're already a sanctuary state for gun laws. Yeah. Roll right on. I think that answers but, that question. But I think it's interesting that this last couple of weeks, I think it was maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks by now, that they passed that uh, the Supreme Court um, ruled against the EPA and some of these uh, right. far overreaching agencies that where they're not elected officials, they're not elected by the people trying to control every aspect of our life. And they found that uh, they ruled against that. So I think there's a lot of pushback we can do on some of these agencies. And I think we've now got precedent that's been set by the Supreme Court. All right, let's read some more. Trying to screen some uh, super chats in the meantime. All right, let's see what we got. Charles Fritz says, Russia has been trying to get Ukraine to keep their food exports going the entire war, and Ukraine refuses to. Hmm. Well, all right. Sparky says, Carrie, why didn't President Trump pardon Assange? Do you know? I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I haven't I don't know asked him that. that. I do talk to him regularly. I've talked to him a couple times this week and last week. Haven't asked that. I think I have an answer. Why? Donald Trump wanted Julian Assange extradited because I believe that Trump thinks Assange has evidence that will help Trump against the bureaucratic state, against those who are lying about him, against bad people. Mm -hmm. So I think the Obama administration was content to effectively assassinate Julian Assange by locking him away and making it difficult for him to do any work. (laughs) Donald Trump was like, this guy knows something because Julian Assange Assange was talking about Seth Rich. So Trump was like, get him here. Apparently there was like some, there was like a rumors about a deal where it was like, you'll like give us information, let us know the truth and we'll, we'll let you go or something. I think that's what Trump was trying to do. So that's why he didn't pardon him. But maybe we'll see what happens with the, with this. I think a second Trump term is going to be like, I don't know, rainbows I, and candy <laughs> Rainbows canes. and lollipops? Uh, well, I, think, I think Trump's going to go in there and he's going to do everything people really wanted him I to do. I say he's coming back and he's coming back with a vengeance. Yeah, he announced his plane. He showed it that all. That is renovated. gorgeous, isn't it? Yeah. Those gorgeous. things run like 20 million bucks. 20 million bucks for a 757. Then you got to staff it. you got to feel Love it. Love the way he had the it. flag on the back. It wasn't mm-hmm. just, it was like a furling flag, unfurled flag, I think is what you say. I, I got to watch that thing pull up. At his rallies a couple times, I think like three or four times, because I was covering his rallies in 2015 and 16. So you'd be in the hangar and you'd see it just slowly inching up after it landed, and then everyone's screaming, and then you know they make their way in. It was a sight to behold, that's for sure. All right, let's see, what we got Christopher Macy says, Tim, I'm the owner of Rebuilding Life Gardens LLC. I started my own food forest and support Carrie Lake, and could help with food production and food inse- uh, insecurity. Oh, very cool. That's awesome. Is he in Arizona, I wonder? I'm assuming that means he's in Arizona. Maybe so not. Many, there's so many creative people and amazing people in Arizona. I mean, we're the patriots that kind of got this whole thing looking into the election going. Um, Arizonans, just to be in Arizona, obviously we have uh, 22 native tribes there, but people who came to Arizona, the pioneers who got into the uh, covered wagons and came across, there's a certain spirit to do that. And that means your ancestors had that spirit. Even if you came across the country to Arizona in, you know, 1970 or 1990 in a car, there's a certain kind of spirit of somebody who says, I'm going to relocate to a new state. And, and we're us really special people. 
Uh, yeah, Sounds like he's one. Rebuildinglifegardens.com is Phoenix, Arizona, mm. LLC. Look into that. Rebuildinglifegardens.com. All right. Recro Morrison says the huge danger is also people like Carrie Lake, DeSantis, Christie, and others showing Canadians, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Northern Ottawa, the good in American values. Liberals are scared. MAGA. That's the thing, too. I think Trudeau mentioned it, that because of the American press, the culture is sort of seeping into uh, into Canada. You see it with, like, the trucker protest. Loved that. When you talked about the farmer protest, I was thinking of Canada with those truckers. Yeah. They freaked out over that. They do not like it. All right. Corishian says, I'm in favor of children having jobs. I worked on a ranch starting at 12. Best thing that has ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. I think kids should have some kind of work. I'm not saying they should be working. It in- teaches a work ethic. Right. I'm, I'm seeing that lacking a lot right now. I don't know. I mean, I'm not of your generation, but do you see that as well? I told my kids, they're both working right now. If you just go to work, show up early, work hard. You are going to go so far in this world because we're kind of lacking, I think, that work ethic that maybe we used to have. You're you know, going to go so far. You know what's really funny is there are young people who won't work 40 hours a week to save up so they can buy the new car or a new skateboard or whatever. But there are people who will play video games for 40 hours to earn the helm of disintegration or something. <laughs> oh, man. They're like, I got the new upgraded helmet. It only took me 30 hours to get. And it's like, dude, get a job, save up money and buy a car, man. Come yeah. on. What about the real world is less appealing? Well, I think Video it's games. scary. I think it's scary. I think a lot of young people have been protected. They've been, you know, the kind of helicopter mom and dad protecting them from the real world. Mm-hmm. And school's not preparing them for the real world. And so they get out of school, they're 18, and they're like, oh my gosh, they know they're not ready. They know they're not prepared. They know they don't have the skills. Nothing is scarier than walking into a job on day one or on um, three weeks in and, and thinking you're not uh, prepared for that. And that's why we got to give them the skills that creates the confidence for them to do anything and then build on that to right. have success. Jay Button says, can we get a Timcast D&D show like Critical Role? We tried doing a D&D show. We didn't have the wherewithal to put it together, but um, we are going to get all of that rolling. It's tough. Look, uh, we're doing we're doing well. We have a, a good amount of members and we're stretched about as thin as we can be stretched for the time being. Until we really start bringing, it, 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 here's here's where it's, here's where we're at. We have a lot of members. Now we need to make some shows. So we've got Tales from the Inverted World. The episodes are going to be like 45 minutes to an hour long. It's crazy. This investigation to the Lost Confederate Gold and everything that came uh, next to it. That show needs to generate more members because you know Timcast has has gotten as many members as it basically can get. It's at that upper limit. Now we do another show. Hopefully, that will generate a certain amount of members who will be willing to pay for this new content. And then you have exponential growth from there. So we want to do everything. I'd love to have 300 shows produce all of this stuff that's just not woke. Just regular, good old-fashioned content that you could enjoy and have a good time. But there will be values in it. It'll just be like individualism, liberty, you know, things like that. So we just have to build to it. So uh, as you guys go to TimCast.com and become members, you are helping us expand to that degree but hopefully we'll end up with a show that's like game of thrones-esque or whatever and then we end up with a million subscribers and then we can do everything so i'll i'll, I'll leave it to that if you haven't already smash that like button subscribe to this channel and head over to timcast.com become a member because we're gonna have a members only show coming up as soon as we wrap the live stream we start recording that this one's going to be uncensored after <laughs> hours you can also follow the show at timcast irl you can follow me at timcast carrie do you want to shout anything out 
Yeah, if you're in Arizona, vote. I mean, I think the young people, I think the young people are really involved right now in politics. They realize how politics have affected their lives the last few years. They realize people mask them. They realize that people tortured them and took some of the great moments of their life away, and they're very involved now in politics. I want them to vote. If they've got a a ballot in their mailbox, get it out and vote. This is between a rhino who's an open borders globalist, married to a 95-year-old, pouring billions of dollars into ads trying to say she's one thing when she's another thing. She's an open borders, really liberal, and it's between a socialist Democrat and myself. So we got to pick the right person, and that's me. I will say this um, in a general sense. When you believe in someone and you want to vote, bring three of your friends with you. Convince three of your friends to come and vote with you, or if you've got a mail-in ballot, convince your friends to vote as well. I'm not telling you who to vote for. I'm just saying do that outreach yourself because that's the grassroots, that ripple effect has an impact. Truly does. And we are a grassroots uh, campaign and we're going to do big things for Arizona. And I'm only in this because I was looking at who ran and I thought none of these people are going to put Arizonans first. And and I think it's the experienced uh, political people that got us into this mess. And we need outsiders to get us out. I've been covering Arizona for 27 years. My job was to go in every day, wrap my arms around the biggest issue facing Arizona and get the information out to the people. We need a great communicator, much like Ronald Reagan was now, because information and those who control it are really controlling the population. And we need somebody who can break down the truth for people and actually get some stuff done. You know, I think the, the mom in me is going to get some stuff done and that Midwestern work ethic. Right on. You have a website people can go to if they want to support you directly or anything dot com, K-A-R-I-L-A-K-E.com. You can see where I stand on all of the issues. And I'm not talking about just a sentence. I lay it all out. I've got my border policy there, my homelessness policy, my education policy, and much more. And I also have uh, where my opponent, the one who's trying to buy this race, she's outspending us 20 to 1. Wow. She's, it's the most expensive governor's race we've ever seen, and we're not even to the primary yet. Expected to spend $26 million. Most of it in ads that are um, painting her as something that she really isn't. Wow. So we need to let her know that we're not going to allow her to buy this election. She can spend all the money she wants, but we're not going to buy her lies. And you can see what her voting record is before you cast that ballot. Right on. All right. Well, we also have Mary Morgan who's hanging out. You want to shout anything out? Sure. If you want to see more of me, you can find me on Instagram or WeChat at Closer Kitty. And I also demand that you go find Pop Culture Crisis on YouTube. We go live at 3 p.m. Eastern and noon Pacific time every Monday through Friday. This week is a little different. You can find a pre-recorded episode tomorrow, uh, and we're going to be talking about celebrity news, entertainment news, TV, movies, all that lighthearted stuff that you won't see on Timcast IRL. So come join us. And you can follow me at iancrossland.net. Get in touch with me via social media, anyone you want. I'm usually on all of them. Carrie, always awesome to see you, man. Thank you. And I will call you dude and man all day. <laughs> you can call me dude. I love you, Carrie. Thank you. Ian Thank walked you, in. He's like, hey, dude. He was up? like, I love that. Yeah, welcome I'm back. I'm going to get you another shirt. Oh, I'm totally looking forward to it. I'll talk. Really? Remind okay. me again after the show if okay. I don't remind Do you, you have first. pink shirts? We don't have pink, but uh, pull, maybe you can pull the shirts up and we'll show. We'll get every one of you guys a shirt. You're going to yeah. love it. You'll, and you'll think about me when you lay down for sleep because they're oh, so comfy at night. You can wear it to night. bed tonight. It's very comfortable. It Thank is. you again. 
That's right. awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for coming, Carrie. And I want to say on the topic of pop culture, we talk a lot about politics being downstream from culture. So that's a very strong pitch for figuring out what's going on with culture. A lot of people dismiss what's going on there, but it's very much having a finger to the pulse of what's happening in the real world more than just politics. Mm-hmm. Thank you again for coming, Carrie. You guys Thanks can follow me, me on Twitter and minds.com as Sarah Patchlitz as well as sarahpatchlitz.me. We will see all of you over at timcast.com. For the special members-only section of this show, thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all there. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission... Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.